Welcome, Podcast 17 listeners, uh, to Podcast 17. It is episode 15593 on August 2nd, 2009. Um, sort of a short show today. Not a short show, but uh, I'm almost melodramatic show. Um, later on, we'll be having um, Campaign Junkie from Radiator on, but he's not going to be showing up till 11 o'clock. So you got to listen to us for an hour before that. So yes, but um, don't don't just tune off because we're interviewing him again because we're gonna do it right this time. Well, so, you're gonna do it right this time. Yeah, I'm I'm not gonna ask him knock knock jokes. We're gonna actually ask him questions about his wand this time. So stick. To- <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because he just released. Um, what was the newest one called? Radiator Two. Handle with care. Handle with care. That's right. A very, a very, in my eyes, a better version, but I only say better because the story was phenomenal, not because the gameplay was better, because the gameplay was actually very frustrating, so. Yeah, I actually liked Handled Care better than Polaris, but also this week we have Philip, and I want to know, Philip, did you actually play any of the radiators yet? No, hello listeners, I played the first one for 10 minutes and then I got neck ache from looking up at the sky for too long <laughs> and I uh, just to elaborate you weren't yes. supposed to look at the sky you were supposed to look at the screen I did but I put the screen on the ceiling because I felt that that would recreate the atmosphere so much better and I took it outside and then when it started to rain it you know, really just blew me so I only played for about 20 minutes and then I um I stopped I'm afraid so you didn't you know start up handled care no I didn't I, really I have huge respect I have huge respect for what other people do, but regular listeners will know that I'm just interested in Half-Life, and I'm not even interested in mods made on Half-Life. I'm interested in Half-Life, and if it's really, not about Half-Life, I'm not interested. You really should have a go at it because it is it is phenomenal. I think no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm not dissing the mod at all. It's just like saying you really should try crack or cocaine because it's great, or you, you love... No, no, but listen, I mean, if you love classical music, do you tell somebody to listen to country and western or punk? Each of them have their own, you know, feel. And if you don't like it, you don't like it. That doesn't mean to say that classical music or punk is horrible. Just saying that I don't like it. And my time is limited and I can't do everything I, you know, you want me to. That is that is to say that country and punk are terrible. And that if you're not listening to classical, classical, then you have a problem and you should be smacked. But I wouldn't say this is classical. This is more like pop music. Well, I'm not making the comparison between the mod and the the type of music. I'm suggesting that we all like different things. Well, I'm suggesting what you like is shit. And I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I've been waiting for so long to say that. I'm saying that I don't give a head crab's fart what you think about my playing tastes. <laughs> okay, moving well, we, on. Before we go on, we no. can agree, though, that... that um, um, research and development was good, right? Yes. No, we can't agree that. No. Oh I thought you God. liked research and development. You said it was it the was best model? It was freaking or? awesome. It wasn't good. It was freaking awesome. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. You can't just say good. I mean, good is an adjective, for, you know, for, for pizza or something. But, but you just said yourself, it really wasn't the Half-Life universe. You just had a gravity gun, right? Well, there was no, ant lines and Half-Life. stuff, though. I think it was in the it Half-Life was. universe. I'd say it was. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I'd say it was, Emmanuel. I just figured you'd be a big jerk that there was no combat. No, I, I like puzzles. I mean, I enjoyed the way, you know, he managed to make you feel as though you were really fighting something, but it wasn't, you know, a, 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 an actual enemy in front of you. It was, mm-hmm. you know, more to do with the intelligence. And I, I as 
as William found out, I managed to find at least one way of solving a puzzle that the author didn't, in fact, plan. So, Just, you know, that's that's a fight in itself. Can I tell Can I tell the listeners what happened? Because it's absolutely hilarious. <laughs> okay, go ahead. Okay. Kiss me as well as your father. Go on. <laughs> so, Philip is testing out a new system for walkthroughs, right? Essentially? Yep, correct. And he was giving me sort of an idea of how he was structuring these things. So um, he had images of radiator, no, not radiator, research and development, and how he got past the first section of research and development. Now we all know the first section to research and development to get past the flame, right, the big flame that's blocking the staircase. You have to take the flame retardant antlion car- carcass and put it in the fire, right? You did that, Emmanuel, right? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Philip is writing this walkthrough and. <laughs> And I'm reading through it, and he's like, put this chair here, put this table here, <laughs> climb over the fence, jump over the... I never said the- anything about chair or table, you just go to the top of the stairwell, and if you jump in the right places at the right time, you can jump over the fence. And I'm like, are you serious? Did you really do it like that? <laughs> he's like, how else are you supposed to do it? Well, I'm like... But- to be fair, though, that you don't expect that from any mod. So you are you take no, this true. bad mod mentality with you when you play it. So you don't expect to be able to do something as cool as put on a flame-resistant carcass, you know? No, but looking back, it was very clear. But you see, this is why I am perfect for beta testing. Because, <laughs> you know, I'm the odd one out. And whatever you expect the player to do, then I don't do it. So, But I mean, you, fair, you do have a good too. point. Um, because there was a lot of times in uh, research and development when I was basically saying to myself, like, no, there's no way this is the right answer, and I'm, I'm surprised when it actually is, you know? And, and you're right, it is exactly a bad mod mentality that makes me not believe in myself and <laughs> in what I think should be. So when you go to a psychiatrist and they ask, what, what, what do your self, uh, self-image issues stem from? You can just say, <laughs> bad, bad mods. mods. It's just they would be the child. Um, no, but- the, What's that? This has been discussed many times before, the idea that, you know, we ha- the information we receive from the game, we expect certain things from it. So, for example, when you see the Half-Life logo on the wall, you know that there's going to be some ammo or there's something there. Now, a person who has never played Half-Life won't know those things. And it would be very interesting to hear from somebody who's never played Half-Life but plays research and development. Yeah. They don't have all of the preconceived ideas that we have about the way things should work. I wonder if if he managed to test it with no with somebody who's never played Half Life before. I'd like to do that and see what happens. I, I'm I'm willing to bet someone who's never played Half Life before is probably better suited for research and development than someone mm, has. Possibly, because I sat there where you have to take that canister and then break open the lock. I sat there for a good four or five days until William. <laughs> released my pain and said, listen, you just opened the lock. But I didn't realize that you could actually do that, that the physics would work like that. I didn't think the engine was capable of it. I am... Um, I, I mean, I don't consider myself a good player, either, you know, you know, tactically, you know, aiming-wise, running or anything, or even puzzles. But besides the first one, I didn't find any of the puzzles difficult. I thought they were all quite, you know, easy to work out. But they were fun. They weren't... Yeah, they were fun to watch. yeah. Yeah. They were absolutely. like entertaining Rube Goldberg devices almost. You know what I mean? It wasn't just drop a canister yeah. on something. It was just it was fun but to watch. Can I just yeah. say we just killed 10 minutes and we haven't even gotten to the mouth of the bell. I know. So. 
I just I know I know research and development. Phil Phil really liked it, so I think this was a good topic. You know, but I, I in the back of my mind, I I, I was always thinking, man, I, I bet Philip was gonna find something not to like about this. Why would you say that? Because first the combat, I thought that was gonna irk you. Because okay. I, I felt cheated. Like, hey, when do I get to start shooting people in the neck? But and then I thought, well, you're bound to not like it for that, because. Like you said, you like the Half-Life universe and shooting people in the neck. But I guess it makes up for it and everything else. Actually, yeah. I have a question for Philip, but for later on in the show that has to do with combat and, and maps. Okay. <laughs> but anyway, um, moving right along, Podcast 17 News. We have no Podcast 17 News, but uh, Philip has an announcement. Yes, I'm... Um saddened to announce that the dm2sp competition has finished and we received over one entry that's right we received two entries i promised myself i wasn't going to do this but the community really should be ashamed of themselves because i mean okay it's not the world's greatest idea but it really had some potential and when you see the second entry which is called sp balcony I think you'll look back and you'll say, actually, yeah, it really is possible to convert DM maps into interesting SP maps. Um, but, you know, we only got two entries, so it's over. It's dead. Domain, I'll probably just let that die. And I'll be running single-player mapping competitions from there on. So shame upon you, community. Shame upon you. Can I have the uh, domain, please? If you want it, yes. What are you going to do with it? Uh, Deathmatch2spaghetti.com. Mailers <laughs> <laughs> can, I mean, you know, listeners can just send me spaghetti and I'll eat it. And that's that. I'll take pictures of it and post it on the internet. Just like uh, man, that other site we're not going to go into. Yeah. But I, I'm a little disappointed because I did play one of the, um, um, the subjection, the, the submissions. Someone took the time to send it to me and see what I thought of it. And I kind of liked it. The problem with it, though, is that a lot of these people were botching them because they thought they were on a time schedule. Well, the first one we got was from Dafat Cat, and he sort of emailed me after like one day and said, have I missed the deadline? And it was like, uh, no, you've got like another three and a half weeks left. <laughs> oh, all right. Okay. Maybe I'll make another one. And somebody else suggested that perhaps one month was too long. And in this now, in hindsight, it didn't make any difference. But sometimes giving people too long is a bad thing. Maybe you should just say, okay, look, you've got 48 hours, make it or forget it. It is, yeah, that is a good idea. We and do then, that with film festivals, and it really does motivate people a little bit more. Yeah, yeah. because you're, now you're not worried about quality so much as, oh, Lord, I have to get this out before my fail in my life. So that becomes the all-prevailing problem. And that's a lot easier to worry about than, is this good enough in the back of your head? So. Yeah. I mean, we're not going to get mods like Research or Development or Mission Improbable. So, you might. You know, no, not if you've got like a 48-hour deadline. No, no. I didn't used to, but I used to partake in a mapping contest called MapWars. Yeah, uh, okay. And uh, the, you had, I think it was one hour. They upped it to two hours for specific maps, but it was pretty interesting. You'd play the maps that night. It was pretty cool. You and need to just, bring yeah. MapWars back, Phil. Yeah, you do. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, I'm going to try with the SP competition, see what happens. I mean, one of the mappers that I was talking to felt that it was an interesting competition because it, it gave mappers a chance to really, you know, take something and then turn it upside down 
mm-hmm. you know, not just start from, you know, fresh, but actually, you know, a, a whole new mapping idea, you know, let's take what somebody else has made or what I've made for a different um, genre and, you know, turn it into something else. So anyway, it's finished. So well, I'm sorry to hear that, but wiping my tears, but I tried, you know, I mean, it didn't work. And anybody who hasn't failed hasn't done anything. And, uh, you know, I'm not worried about the failing because I could be sitting here saying, hey, we had 350 entries and we've now got 350 SP maps that we didn't have before. And I'm a hero now. Uh, you know, I'm a, you know, a zero. But OK, that happens. <laughs> Things I'm already know. Yeah. Life's a bitch and then you die. <laughs> well, moving on to a happier note. <laughs> <laughs> um, straight from the mouth of Valve, we got some topics here. Um, not really Valve related, but the Xeno Clash SDK was released, and this is something that I was looking forward to because I personally love Xeno Clash. Um, great, great AAA title or, or indie title developed on the Source Engine. Um, so, like I said, the SDK is out. You can download it from the uh, ModDB Mirror if you click the link in our agenda, and you can also find their wiki um, and contribute to that or read what other people have contributed to it xeno clash is an awesome mod they got a lot of good models really good in terms of uh melee combat can, so. can i just say mm-hmm. i don't like what xeno clash did and, I'm, I, and don't. I don't like what natural selection 2 is doing at all i don't understand why you don't like xeno because though. i feel i feel like i'm being cheated like i'm being taken advantage of when, when mod teams do this when Counter-Strike did it, they had already established a serious beta and a, follow- and a player base. And you could also play the old beta if you didn't feel like buying the game. Like, you can do it with Gary's Mod. But you, with Gary's Mod and Counter-Strike, I don't mind. But with, with Xeno Clash, when it goes straight to, you know, you pay for it, I just, it just irks me. Mm. I guess I'm the only one who feels like that. Can you guys fill me in? I mean, I think I've heard about it, but I've never really paid any attention to it. It's just a mod that's gone retail, is it? No. Yeah, essentially. Well, it should be a mod, but they say it's not. It was developed by two people, which means it is a mod. But <laughs> not really. It, okay. So before total, they, it's, it's basically a total conversion, Phil. But it wasn't originally a mod. It was originally a retail game on the Source Engine, sort of like uh, uh, Dark Messiah. Uh huh. Okay. But it's all. It's extremely abstract. Um, and it's about, it's, it's almost about, um, a collective community all born from the same mother and, uh, the protagonist, um, ends up killing the mother and the community is angered at the protagonist and he has to, uh, almost journey to the ends of the earth or the ends of the world, this abstract world and journey through different communities who share same mother and, uh, you know, find enlightenment and then come back. And prove that what he did was proper and sane, and he wasn't trying to harm anybody, that sort of thing. So, okay. and it's all about melee fighting too. It's not just about ranged combat. You get locked into this one-on-one battle with people, but you can also have weapons as well. Didn't you okay, so, so why do you feel cheated, Emmanuel? If it hasn't been released as a mod, well, f- first let me elaborate. When I say someone came up with a logical fallacy here within the span of two minutes, which I'm proud of, but. I, I'm not saying that because it's made by two people, it should be free. I'm saying because it's made by two people on the Source Engine, it's a mod. I don't care how you repackage it, it's a mod. Unless you are Minly and uh, 
that that's it's a mod. I'm sorry. It's be, because there's no amount of time you can put into it out inside of the span of three years or less that would make it anything less anything more than a mod. So, and I think it's better to I mean, especially with the authoring tools right there given to you by Valve for free. I think it's better to start off as a mod and then get a player base that way and then you know, then go retail. Xenoclash is a one-off in terms of success because I think Valve is trying to push the SDK, I mean, the, the Source Engine as a commercially viable thing. So for them, Xenoclash is great. So is Dark, uh, Dark Messiah because these are using the Source Engine and not just mods, and they like that, so that means they can sell their tools. But you know, for the player, I don't think it's very good. I, I'd rather see people, you know, yeah, a, you get, get a player base. Nick makes a good point in chat, and that's sort of what I wanted to say. Counter-Strike was multiplayer, this is his exact words. Gmod was multiplayer slash creative, but Xenoclash is single player. And he says, which means um, if they released it in, and then went retail, there would be absolutely no reason to buy it if you could just play it as a mod, because you've already been playing it. That's essentially oh. the idea. No, it would be it, no. Actually, the logic is wrong. It, it would be backwards. If it was multiplayer, then why would you why would you go play Counter Strike 1.0 when you can just sit down and play the arguably cooler ones? Why would you go play six you know, 1.0 when you can go play 6.1? Which is essentially it's the same game, isn't it? Counter Strike today is the same game it was 10 years ago. Well, the yeah, but each game is different, isn't it? You play an SP game, it's the same. You play it once, you play it twice, right. it's the same, more or less. But right. every time you play an MP game, it's slightly different, isn't it? You've but got some noob who's, you know, headshotting everybody or whatever. Let, let the uh, useless business major in me speak for a second. And when I say, imagine if you played research and development and you only played the first 45 minutes of it, and then they said, okay, we're going retail. Would you pay to play the last half of it? Depends on the price. Yeah, I'd pay I'd pay upwards of thirty dollars for it just because I thought the level of quality was that good, just for okay. another two hours of gameplay. But, That's different okay. if they're releasing a demo. See, I thought you were talking about releasing the full thing as a mod. Well, I, you can call it a demo, but I'm just thinking. Well, you can release. Uh, actually, technically, it I shouldn't be mad. It's just I'm kind of disappointed in the teams because they don't start off as mods. But, but I, I sort of see what you're saying, because if the developer of research and development um, now said, I'm going to make a retail game, I'd be more inclined to buy his retail game for a price than if if he just started retail right off the bat. And and hindsight is twenty twenty, I suppose, because now we know about the, the Valve uh, um, funding tools, so now we're more inclined to think, oh, well, why don't you go retail instead? I mean... That's another. That's a whole other question, though. I mean, are you willing to pay money for something that would otherwise be a mod if the level of quality were to be enhanced? Mm -hmm. And I have to say yes now because we have so many mods out there that we love those gems shining in the rough. And and then you have the 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 question of micropayments. If Radiator was a charge, would you pay three dollars for Radiator two and three? I think I would. Yeah. I would. I don't want to, but I would. I don't want to either, but like I said, I would too. Somebody's at the door. Somebody's at my door. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's the cue to move on. 
Um, there is a one more straight from the mouth of Valve topic, and it's another Left 4 Dead update, which is no big deal actually. This didn't even make the Steam RSS, and they fixed the problem with add-on installer failing to install add-ons properly on some versions of Windows. Transition screen now shows campaigns and map names for add-on campaigns. There is one more piece of um, of straight from the mouth of Valve, and let me just find it here because it was given to me by Dave Traeger, and it was a screenshot of the... Uh, William, answer the door. My dad's going to do it. <laughs> it was a screenshot of the TF2 blog before they pulled down a post, and it was about the soldier update. And uh, how about you just talk, Phil, you just talk about the release list and I'll try to find this, this link. Okay, Will. So releases this week. Um, first up, we have LVL00 Rebuild. This was a mod that I found from a French map in site. Uh, it was never really finished. It was never really named. <clears throat> Excuse me. But I put it up anyway. Yeah. I quite enjoyed it. I got it. Um, I, I played for about ten or fifteen minutes. There wasn't really enough combat, so I gave it a maybe. And I, my five words or less review was sugarless eye candy needs yeah. some emotion. Do you agree? It's pretty, it's, it's, it's pretty par for the course for the French to give up halfway through, isn't it? Cool. <laughs> and it's not anywhere at the level of quality that uh, I would have liked, and it, it's one of those. Uh, it's one of those, they threw some curveballs, and I'd like to see what they would do if they knew what they were doing, but they didn't know what they were doing, so I don't want to play it kind of thing. And I, and, but to be fair, it's just to me, it was just another mod. I didn't really think much of it. So, to the, You played uh, it, though, yes? Yeah, I did. To the, you didn't, you know, did you not like the outdoor section? I thought the indoor section was a little bit tedious, but the outdoor section, no? Mm. no. Uh, to be honest, once I got to the outdoor section, I stopped playing. So. Okay, so you didn't finish it. Okay, no, I did not finish it, Philip. All right, okay. All right, Moving right. on. The Great Escape. Well, my recommendation is not to play this, and then the title will be perfect because you will escape something that is not so great. <laughs> However, it really comes from, I mean, it's four years old almost, uh, and it was made for a mapping competition, you know, like three months, oh, no, a year after um, Valve had released Half-Life 2, Really, it's it's not very good. If you're listening and you haven't played it, don't avoid it. My now, I thought you were less... done. I thought you were the... done with the source modification center mapping competition maps. No, I've still got another three or four. I just didn't want to, you know, make my readers suffer too much by posting them all in one go. Mm -hmm. Actually, and it's hard work as well, playing these maps and then you spend more time, you know, editing the screenshot and writing a review and posting everything than you do playing the damn things. But... That's my, you know, labor of love. So don't play it. My five-word review was the not-so-great escape. <laughs> Next up is... Can, okay. Before you move yes? on, can, can I just say, it's it's really misleading when they have these incredible names for these mods, like The Great Escape. You think mm. it's going to be these, like, eight-hour-long epics, but it's not. No. But maybe There's... one day we'll talk about the names and how important the name is, but maybe not today. There is one thing that I liked about the Great Escape: fighting the antlion guard at the end when mm -hmm. uh, one little sort of spoiler. Oh, okay, spoiler, whatever. <laughs> it's in the fucking screenshot for the banner. <laughs> anyway, um, 
there's one little technique or mechanic that I really like that a lot of people don't do. There's these explosion, exploding barrels on the wall on the, the on the platforms. Yep. And when the antlion guard ran into the wall, they would fall onto his head, and you could sort of shoot them and time it perfectly. I, I like okay. that. But uh, You like that? Just okay. because I haven't seen it that much. Philip, yeah. on, your, uh, on your greatest mods of the year last year, did you last vote year? for City 17 last year? Did you, did you vote for City 17, or was it uh, the readers who voted for City 17? City, City no, I voted. My mod of the year 2008 was Intrusion. What, who voted for Offshore then? Because there's Offshore, Citizen 17, and something else. No, Offshore was voted by uh, most of the people. Offshore was the reader's choice for um, for last year. But City 17, I'm looking through it now. There's no City 17 for last year. Citizen so something 17, I think. Resistance 17 or something to that effect. No, I'm looking through the list now. Uh, basically, you've got the Citizen. The Citizen. Is that what element? you're thinking of? Sorry. Yeah. Okay. Uh, no, I didn't vote because I had my own, my own best mod of the year. I didn't vote, but Citizen lost by one vote mm, from really? the readers, and it made me realise that I needed to change the way I'm going to do the vote next year. I'm afraid I'm going to steal Mod DB's idea, and I'm going to have a two-tier system. I'm going to have all of the Hall of Fames, and then people vote for their favourite one, and then the top two will go into the next level and there'll be like a, a fight off, a frag off between the top two mods. And then the, the winner of that will be the mod of the year, the reader's that's, mod of the year. That is, that's pretty good. Well, I, I just ask because there's such a difference in the level of quality before, but between um, the citizen and, uh, and offshore. And I, I find it surprising that the, the readers prefer something that's different, even though it's bad, like offshore. You so thought wanted- offshore was bad, did you? I mean, uh, I much prefer I mean. the Citizen. I thought the so, Citizen was better was better than Minerva Metastasis. I mean, I'm really not a big fan of that. But, yeah, I, um, didn't, I didn't like. But keep in mind, when we played Metastasis way back, it was it was probably the first production level mod to ever come out back then. You know, mm. so but no, I, I'm just saying it's one of those mods where the mapper is not experienced, so it doesn't look particularly pretty or anything. But it's well, still offshore. Fun. Offshore, yeah. Oh, I think there are sections that look great. Well, the, the the part in the night when you have the antlions come out of the sand, kind of sort of on the beach, and you have to go to that building with zombies, that was really kind of... Dude, yeah. I am so old, and this was like a, a year and a half ago, or a year, at least a year ago. I can't remember anything about it. <laughs> you know? uh, so, well, I'm but sorry. still, it, I, I just, I, I went through it. Is there a 2007 or is no 2007? Not yet, no. I only started doing it last year, but I, I do want to backdate it. But mm. I probably won't do uh, a reader's vote or anything. When you do 2009, could you have yep. me and William on as panelists? Yeah. Um, yeah, we could maybe think about something. We could. The, you know. In other words, that's British for no. No, no. My no would be no, but we oh. could certainly think about it. I mean, up until now, it's just been my my um, my mod of the year, and then the reader's mod of the year. So I mean, there's never been like a panel. I mean, why don't we, I mean, we'll talk about it after the show, but why don't yeah. we do a podcast 17 of the year, uh, podcast 17 mod of the year, yeah, and then podcast sense. 17 readers or listeners can vote for something. That's yeah. going to get rough, because then we have multiplayer mods to think about. Yeah. Well, we just do the SP the ones for the, you know, the PP site. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so, let's talk about Physics Dry Dock. Okay, Physics Dry Dock. Physics Dry Dock is a mod that I found from doing what I do very well, and I'm sorry to blow my own trumpet here but what i do very well is i find things that um 
don't normally get found. And what happened here was that I was browsing some another French forum, or was it Polish? I think this one might be in Polish. And I just clicked loads of links and then clicked links that linked to that link. And eventually I found this website and I looked down the side and nothing was listed as SP, but I found these um, DM maps and they looked quite interesting. And I read on and I translated into English from French and it said that it's possible to play them in Half-Life 2 and Gmod. So I downloaded this and loaded it up, and I had a lot of fun with it. It's not a traditional mod where you you know, you know start and you start fighting. It's much more a case of you start and there's nothing to do until you press the buttons. And then when you press the buttons, you have certain physics events or actions that happen. And if you've sort of seen the screenshots, it's not just like uh, you know something collapses or something explodes. You know, you get this like big UFO coming over and then this Borg-like cube and cube and um, magnetic metal objects lift into the air and disappear and the, the dry dock explodes and then this huge chain gun can come out of the water and you get a gunship come down. And I just really, thought it was fun. You, really creative. Well, yes, I'm, it was very I'm, creative. I, I can't imagine what Nick was thinking. We were sitting in in Skype when we were playing through this, and I went through it first, and uh, I was making sounds like, oh, uh, that's, yeah, that's cool. Mm -hmm. And then he goes through and plays it, and he just, wow! I mean, <laughs> this is so cool! So Nick must have thought we were playing completely different things. I, I did not find it the least bit interesting. I liked it. It, it, sure, it sort of t told me two things. One, the Source Engine physics engine is extremely powerful. Two, it's extremely difficult to build actual buildings out of physics objects. Because if you noticed when... It did, I don't know, Philip, did you try climbing the actual dry dock and going on top of the roof? You got stuck to a lot of things. Oh, uh, no, I tried climbing objects. the crane. You can climb the crane. Yeah, and use the crane. Oh, you can use the crane. See? <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember we did this the same with the curse? Like we, got, we got we got like the pre-release build, and it was like, wow, I just got bored of using the hand. And then you said, yeah, but you can swing the mace around. And like, what? Oh my god! I'm it's so the same stupid. crane in Half Life Two. You happen to use the crane in Half Life Two. Oh man! And then you can like pick up containers and stuff and drop them on the dry dock. Oh crap! All right. I'm an idiot. I shouldn't be running a website, should I? I should just be some... Where's the, where's the scientist sound? <laughs> yeah, we need a scientist sound for that. Hold on a second. All right. Okay, so what, what? you get stuck to stuff on the roof, do you? Yeah, if you climb up, because they're all physics objects. And like I said, that's a, sort of the second thing that I learned. Because I was talking to Nick, and I was like, wow, wouldn't it be great if people really took this into consideration and, and started making full physics maps like this? I know it would take a long, long time. But it'd just be so awesome if you could just sort of do a red faction type thing. And then I started going through the building. And yeah, you could go through the building fine. But once you start climbing on objects and props, um, you start sticking to them. And almost to the point where you have to start doing some crouch jumping to actually move forward. Um, which I found a little bit upsetting, really. But Yeah. Okay. Well, anyway, that was released. And... Um... It's quite good. And as been mentioned in the live stream, there are a few other maps, but because they weren't set in the Half-Life universe, I didn't post them. There's a temple yeah, you and a do the house. Temple one. Do the temple one. Come on, post it. No, I don't think so. Is it in the Half- All right, maybe I'll post it under the, the Philips blog instead of like the proper category. Yeah. I mean, this, this is just like something that explodes and crashes down and stuff like that, yes? Yeah, I think so. All right, okay. Maybe after the show, if I've got some time, I'll... Um, 
I'll play it and post it tomorrow, maybe. All right, so that's releases, but William is going to talk about Project Reality and... Beyond Reality. Uh, yeah, Beyond reality. sorry. I got that in my head. I don't know why. Beyond Reality Beyond and also Pulse. But I want to join in with Reality, so go. Yeah, so um, Beyond Reality was released. It's just a demo of a, of a mod that's coming out. It weighs actually... What uh, what's the size? 114, here? I think. Yeah, one one twelve. One twelve megs. And it's not really justified. But um the the demo will sort of take you probably about fifteen minutes to play. The good thing about this though, and I was telling uh Emmanuel, is that every single weapon was replaced, every single weapon sound was replaced, and they do actually a pretty good job. These are actually some pretty good weapon replacements. So if you like that sort of thing, check out Beyond Reality. Um the maps really aren't that great. And there's not a lot of real gameplay oohs and ahs. Um, but but like I said, the weapon renders are pretty good, and I think that's what sort of stacks up the megabytes. Okay. I mean, are they original? I'm not sure if they're original, lad. I can't say. Probably uh, not, I would say. Yeah. I mean, the point I was going to make about this is I really... I know we've discussed it to death almost, but you know why do these people release the demo and then when you look at sort of the information, it says there's very little tense or scary moments. You know, I, I'm really questioning what was the point of releasing it. But if it had original weapon weapons and sounds, then maybe it was a way to to show them off. But if not, I don't know. Did it make you want to play the mod anymore? Not really. You know, as it had a negative effect then. So when the, the final release is released, will you be saying to yourself, hmm, do I no, really want to play, play this? I'll definitely right. play it. It's just I don't think the I don't think the demo was really that warranted, put it that way. All right. Yeah. But I think they could have done without it. It was interesting to say to say the least. I really did like looking through the, the custom weapons and stuff. There was a nice little SOCOM with a laser sight. I like those sort of things, but Alright. Okay. Uh, and Pulse was, um, I don't, is this a beta or is this just episode one release? I think it's a beta. Um, weighing in at 150 megs, it's a Half-Life 1 mod. And essentially the story goes, you're in Black Mesa or um, after the Black Mesa incident and your job or your task is to go and find incriminating evidence about Dr. Breen and bring it back to the security team or the scientist team. Um, there was one part that... I just got so frustrated with. I played it once, and then I forgot I played it because I have such a short-term memory. So, and then I played it again, and I don't want to spoil it too much. But there's a part where you climb a ladder, and as soon as you get off the ladder, you fall into a pit and die. And it's absolutely ridiculous, and it pissed me off so much. And I hate to say it, it pissed me off so much that I just didn't play any of the rest of the mod. I was just like, that was absolutely retarded. Like literally, you're climbing a ladder. Okay, think of it this way: you're climbing a ladder. And when you get up to the top of the ladder, you see the you see like a door in front of you to go in the door. You walk up to the door and you fall into a pit and die. It's it's stupid. I don't even understand why it's there. It's almost like it's a mapping bug that the, there's like a brush missing, like to the floor or something. I just got so pissed off that I just stopped playing it. Yeah, if I'd have been in the same situation, I would have done exactly the same. Exactly the same. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, this is the problem with public beaters. I mean, really, people shouldn't, you know, I mean... A public beta should be, you know, you, the author should be confident that, you know, it's playable. I agree. You know, if it's not, then it should be private beta. Okay, I mean, I'm not a mod maker, but that's just common sense as far as I can see, you know. Or maybe you weren't supposed to go to the top, William. Maybe you were supposed to take the fireproof carapace and put it on a fire somewhere. And, you know, I mean, maybe <laughs> it was your fault. Yeah, yeah it could have been. The author. 
I don't doubt it. I can't help but think that demos of this caliber kind of detract from the mod itself. Using uh, what we've played in the past few weeks as an example, it just seems like if you release a demo and it's not amazing, then you're just kind of shooting yourself in the foot. And even if it was amazing, then you're just really taking away the, the ooh and ah factor when you find you mm. know a good mod that you didn't expect. So. I hate to say this, but I, I agree with you, Emmanuel, and I hate agreeing with you because that scares me. But a few years ago, I used to be a really big proponent of um, making making demos, you know, get those demos out and convince people that you've got a great mod. But with mods, I, don't, I really don't think you need it because people aren't paying for it except with their time. And, you know, why are you releasing it? What is it you're going to do? You're not going to convince more people to play it. And maybe you'll convince a few people not to play it. So I agree with you. Don't lose that wow factor. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, moving it, on to the updates. Mm-hmm. Emmanuel, mm-hmm. take us in. All right. Wait, am I blue? Oh, I am blue. Um, so we have uh, Modular Combat 1.75, which everyone was waiting for anyways. announced because everyone already knows it. But that's out. It came out belatedly yesterday. They ran into some snags, but it is out. Um, it's fantastic. Have you played it? I haven't played 1.75 yet. Does this include the uh, the class or not the classes, but the the teams almost? With yeah, it, it has team? the three factions, and you get to stomp on head crabs. Nice. That's that's an important feature. Yes, and uh, yes, yeah, some I think new weapons and just a whole slew of changes, namely modules and. Uh, God, they're pretty. They're really good. My favorite right now is the Sentry. I love the Sentry. Yeah, the new Sentries that they added. Exactly with yeah. You can get man hacks too, but I like Sentries. They got some promo images up on their Mod DB profile now that sort of show. I love the one where it says, "Which side are you on?" And then there's like a lambda symbol, a, uh, almost like a rebellion symbol, the citizen symbol, and then the lambda symbol. I think that's great. That's a great promo image. Where and was the that? Next, it's right on their Mod DB site. Um, if you go I don't through, see like, which side are you on. What's that? I don't see which side are you on. Oh, it's there. I see it. Anyway, it's there. I don't know what you're seeing. And then the next image is somebody beating a zombie with uh, an Aperture Science camera. Oh, okay, I see. Yeah, isn't that cool? Yeah. I like the... Uh, um, they're, they're actually going to be doing, I think, a whole like section of these. So, I mean, you're, they're going to be doing these, I think, once a day for the next few weeks, starting in a, in a few. So... Keep yeah, Matthew keep... mentioned something like that. Yeah, it's gonna be backgrounds. It's gonna be pretty cool. This mod has really taken off. I can't. I can't say that enough. Yeah, this is a perfect example of, of if your mod is not doing very well, then you know just follow what mod, I mean, uh, what podcast seventeen did, or you know just look at successful mods. This is this is you one mean of modular them. combat. Look at what modular combat did. Yeah. What did I say? Podcast seventeen. <laughs> oh well. It, it, <laughs> Well, really, we're synonymous. Podcast 17, in a way, is modular combat. No, we're not. Yes, we are. We're, I th- I, None I think of us has touched that... the development of this. This is all Matt and Winston. And, and if, we, if we had to, if we had to <laughs> support a single mod, it would be podcast. I mean, uh, modular combat. Yeah, it used to be. It used to be. If we had to, if we had to promote any mod or say that it's our baby, it's now modular combat. It used to be zombie mod source, but they lost us. Yeah. I thought it was Firearms 2 or Firearms Source. I thought you guys even, oh, yeah. why, did you even, why did you even bring it up, Philip? No. No. 
Should we, should we elaborate? On no, that? we no. shouldn't elaborate because it's just going to set you off. Moving on, Obsidian Conflict, Media Blitz. Go for it. <laughs> All right, we have um, Obsidian Conflict, which for the life of me, I don't get. I, I still have no idea. Yeah, I don't understand much you of play, it. You play through single player, right? Mm-hmm. But with a different HUD. Isn't no, it, it's, it's co-op It's a co-op. It's co-op as well. But play together. I know, but... What's the difference between Obsidian Conflict and Synergy? Yeah. yeah, but I mean, it's just somebody else. They made another one, or I don't know who came first. But and there was another one, a Freeman. What was the? Free, there was a Freeman one. Follow Freeman. Oh yeah, there was. Yeah, follow Freeman. I forgot about that one. That was a. That was another one. I do oh, like yeah. the hop wires though. Um, there are some things of a in a Obsidian conflict that I really like, and uh, the hop wire weapon is actually something really cool that I enjoy playing with. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They were stolen from S mod. Were they? Yes, they mm-hmm. were in S mod. Few years back. Yeah, I have seen them before. So, and did Smod create them, or were they not somewhere else? My my hunch is that they found it in the code and then unlocked it and made it work, and then these mm. guys just kind of went along and took that. My guess, probably going to be wrong, and I'm going to have to apologize next week, but that's my guess. <laughs> just, I mean, I know we're running out of time, but have you guys seen that uh, weapon that I think Valve created? It was it was like a black hole thing, and you fired it or you bounced it. I can't remember what you did with it, and then it just sort of sucked. Everything into it into oh, a, I don't, a radius. I don't want to spoil anything, but uh-huh. I think I can say that we will be seeing that in the future. Oh, okay. Then that's all. Well, that's all I can out. say. From what? Okay. I can't say from what. <laughs> well, just just to ruin it for you, uh, S mod has that too. So moving on. Do, do they? Yeah. I don't know that much about SMOD. I never really got into the whole development of SMOD. A few years back, not a few, like eight years back, um, there was a mod for Half-Life called Counter-Life. And you could play Half-Life, but with Counter-Strike weapons, right? And you can buy at the HEV modules and all that. Um, and I, I liked it a lot. And then SMOD came out. Essentially, it's just kind of like that. It's a, it's a graphical a revamp. And you can use tactical weapons, and it's got slow motion, and it's just—it's what Half-Life would have been if I made it, which means, <laughs> which means really, really tacky, over the top, and really silly. But and with Crocs and doing all the voices, yeah, would not have been very good. With that said, though, let's uh, discuss um, Combine and Insurrection, which, for the life of me, I don't understand either. Well, they—they they got some nice visuals. Um, this is sort of their media blitz. We were we weren't really stingy on the media blitz this week. If it was posted on ModDB, we pretty much put it in the agenda. Um, but they got some they got some pretty nice images of their dam. I like their water. I like how. You, have you guys played the um, the demo of Combine Interaction? Yeah. Um, I don't think so. Yeah, it was. Oh, I, I, I posted it on Planet Philip in twenty second of April this year, but it was released in July two thousand seven. Uh, 2007, and you know, it, it was terrible. You don't, yeah, you don't remember bad. that? Me, you, and Dave had an argument about why it was. I thought it was bad, and you guys liked it. It was inside. You don't remember that? I don't remember. Anyway, that. Um, yeah, well. the, the the author posted on PP and said, uh, "Look, you know, I'm I'm working on it now, and it does. It looks like it's better, but I don't think the visuals look that great. I mean, everything's like too square, and all the trees are like in this perfect line. And but it's early work." Mm. Can if I it's only work, why post it? Yes, you can. Just can say, Jones, we've gotten through maybe eight items on the list, and we have another 20. 
I know. So we gotta we gotta keep moving. So blue yeah. shift reassignment. This is actually a mod that I'm looking for looking forward to for Half Life One. There are a couple Half Life One mods out there that are sort of continuing the uh, the gearbox dev scene, um, most notably blue shift and opposing force and right now they have a pretty good video of non-edited gameplay and i love those types of videos um i just want to see straight up gameplay and they got some pretty good screenshots of their new weapons and sort of them in action and their, their models so i'm looking forward to this this is something that people should probably keep their eye out if they like the original half-life scene can I, I mean, I spoke to the, the um, author this week who wanted me to put it on PP, but I declined because it was still in, in dev. But exactly what is it? Are, are they remaking Blue Shift and then just upgrading with new weapons and textures or are they adding new maps? I mean, I don't, I don't understand what it is. It sounds like from their summary, it says a modification with goals to improve and enhance the gaming experience. Yeah, I read that. Blue Shift. So I, I, and these are, some of these screenshots are from Blue Shift. Like, yeah. I recognize these areas. So, they have to be from, like, it has to be from Blue Shift. They might just be doing, like, a, a model replacement, a sound replacement. Yeah. Almost like, what, um, almost like what Thomas did. Tom right? did. Yeah, my notes. That's what I was going to say in my notes. We need Tom here because somebody needs to explain to me why somebody would go to the time, time and effort to do this. I mean, I know Emmanuel wants us to move on, but maybe we'll talk about this after. But Blue, why would Blue you do this? Was... Blue Shift of the, the the two add-ons was not my favorite. I think if you no. ate anything, you need to tell a lot of people. That's how almost the majority. Yeah, of people I'm feel, sure. But but why make it in Half-Life One again? Why not? I mean, if you're going to say okay, let's let's move. Are they really? Pardon? Is, is it really for Half-Life One? Yeah. Yeah, and you oh have God. to have Half-Life One and Blue Shift. I don't understand why you need both as well. well. On that note, moving on. <laughs> there's no reason then to even mention it. <laughs> I guess I guess you're sort of right, but uh, moving on. Morning Faith. This is a mod that we haven't covered on Podcast 17 ever, and uh, it's. I'm still not really sure what it's really about. It it says it's lack of run and gun, and instead of giving the player an arsenal of guns, they have to use their surroundings to advance the game. Um, so it's more of a puzzle game, and they got a really awesome playtest video uh, from YouTube about sort of their puzzle system and their object description system, as they call it, which I thought was already implemented into Half-Life 2. But um, expect expect a puzzle a puzzle game from this team. And uh, But I don't understand their slogan. This is where I get confused. It's called Holy Chow. It says, Holy Chow, if it doesn't run away, it's edible. Like, what does that mean? It means you can eat it. That's what is edible there... means, William. Does it have a different <laughs> is, meaning? Is it an eating mod, though? Like, what? I don't know. I, I didn't like the video, to be honest. Uh, can I can I say why, Emmanuel? Do I have your permission to speak? Of course. Okay. Uh, I watched the video, and the screen came up and says, I shouldn't jump down there until I know how deep it is. And there's something about that that, that is not right, because I wouldn't say that. I mean, I'd say, what the heck? Let's just jump, see what happens. <laughs> but uh, the point I'm trying to make is that I don't like it when a mod tells me what I need to think. Do you understand what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. It should be it should be done subtly, uh, you know, with maybe the sounds or, or or somewhere else. Something drops and you hear it, and then that makes you think, oh, next time that happens, perhaps I'll throw a brick down. But to be told 
seems almost yeah. to spoil it. It's big. It's Big Brother syndrome. You remember that mod we played a few weeks back, where the, you're at that huge dock and you have to use the crane to move the stuff, and the lady's fixing the boat, and then you run. Rat's nest. Yeah, that yeah. would have been great if I didn't have some annoying nagging mother on the screen telling me what to do. If I had, I mean, yeah. Okay. Research and development. No. Would it have been fun if you had someone telling you what to do the entire time? No. Yeah. Exactly. No, stop it. Exactly. Minerva. And that's sort of the the very staple of Half Life is that the narrator is not telling you what to do. The narrator or you as a character don't even speak. You know what I mean? So, um, this sort of goes against the development scheme of Half-Life. But it's yeah, got to be something different. If it's not set in the Half-Life universe, they're not That's limited okay. by the fact that yeah. Gordon Freeman doesn't have a tongue or, or any vocal cords. <laughs> right. Right. Anyway, moving, moving on. Yeah, moving on. Is it my turn or is it your turn? It's still my turn. Um, <laughs> Logistique has some interesting uh, images from their Chapter 3 origin. Um, these feature the subterranean in trails of the Citadel of City 17. Let's not forget that the parts of this level presented in the images are still in development. But they look awesome. I love yeah. sort of the uh, the Citadel architecture. And when it's done right, it looks nice. Yeah, and very good. Have you guys this, played the demo? Yeah, I did play the demo of this. I remember playing yeah, it. Yeah, I, I love this it. one. Yeah, I enjoyed yeah, very it good. a lot. This is a team that's doing good. And they're, they're doing it almost subtly. You know what I mean? They're not like... Uh, they don't do a post Royal. every week, but yeah, it's it's doing well. Good is not a uh, doing well adjective. Thanks. Yeah, well, not, it is, but not in the sense you're using it. Right. No, I know. Okay, thank you. Uh, actually, in the sense he used it was an adverb, but yeah, let's move on. Whatever, whatever he said. <laughs> okay, continue, Emmanuel. This is a mod. Orion. Oh, you want more Orion? Yeah, probably. <laughs> let's do Orion then. Um. Orion, this is something that we keep on hearing about, and I don't know what to say. I, it's just we we've heard how many things about it now. It's yeah, this, every week they have something. Yeah, this update is sort of featuring. Well, they're just saying that they're back on RC, big deal, uh, and they're looking for help, big deal. But they also feature their uh, their new VGUI, their team selector. Yeah, it's kind of cool. With that said, they have a lot done, and I foresee an imminent release. This looks pretty solid. I'm not sure what else they would be waiting for, but it's um, yeah. I, I this just cements my thoughts on how ugly the VGUI system is in Half Life Two. It's just so ugly, so unesthetically pleasing. This mod is sort of remind like the HUD system almost is sort of reminding me of Empires. And that's not a bad thing. It's a good thing. Yeah, it's just uh, I mean mods we love modular combat. Great game. HUD is horrible because the VGUI system is terrible, the one built in. Because it just looks so clunky. It looks like it's from 1992. I just don't like it. I wish I wish Valve would re revamp it. And I, I suppose they sort of did with Love for Dead, but even then, you know, just adding transparencies didn't really help much. But that's just aesthetics, and I guess I'm not picking, so we'll move on from that. But yes, we like Orion, who doesn't like Halo. Um, did you guys see this Godzilla... Not Japan's Hell's only yeah. Hell's if yeah. I if I was to show you these screenshots eight years ago and said, okay, William McMahon, also known as Cubic Virtuoso, in eight years, player developed content will look like this, and I showed it to you, would you believe me? I wouldn't even believe this was from Half Life Two. Yeah. It, this is I am awestruck with the level of detail and I cannot wait to play this. 
the texture detail is amazing. Mainly because they made what is seemingly a bright game in terms of, mm-hmm. you know, what we see today into a gray game. And normally I don't like gray games, you know, the whole Fallout or Gears of War, everything's mm-hmm. brown tone. But when you actually do that in a game that doesn't have those features, that's interesting. That's really interesting. Because these this, screenshots look beautiful. This is a perfect example of um, a, a mapper working together all the features that make a game look good. The lighting, the post-processing effects, everything. And keep in mind, the lighting is a big f- factor here, especially in, in, a, in a game like Left 4 Dead. So if you are if you are hitting a block, a mapper's block, and you want some inspiration as to how your, mo- your map should look, like if you want to make it have better detail, look at this because he's managed to make everything look cluttered but not random. It's, it's, exactly. it's fantastic, and I'm really looking forward to this. Phil, very what do you think so. of these screenshots? Yeah, very beautiful. Too bad you don't, you're never going to be able to play it. Hmm. Oh, pff, I could. I could buy the game, but yeah, I'm not going to... Yeah, I mean, you I just, do that to yourself. I just don't like sushi, so that's all there is to it. Sushi's <laughs> delicious. What is wrong with I went. To, I had sushi last night. I wish I had sushi last night. Yeah. I had, um, what, 24 pieces? Moving on. Yep, moving on. Moving on. Have you ever played Half-Life 2 and thought to yourself, man, Half-Life 2 looks so good, and then you thought, oh, man, I wish everything was covered in wax and had weird bumps on it. If so, play Cheerage Mod for Half-Life 2. Because they have uh, gone over it with our beloved bump mapping and made everyone look like they have severe forms of cancer and herpes all over the body. <laughs> so do you, do you see this mouse over thing? Yeah. Where you can see the before and after? Yeah. It only looks good on the combine. On everything else, it just looks silly. Yeah. It, you know, bump mapping is sort of something you have to be really careful with because you can really over bump something. And if you like over bump it, it just looks like, I don't know, it looks like they're made of putty. Yeah. The combine looks good. Yeah, and it looks really good actually. But I'm looking at like the uh the first image where you're just looking at all the rebels sitting around this campfire, I guess. Yeah. The girl's shoulder looks like it made of dough. Yeah. Yeah. And and you and the performance that you're going to take is not going to be worth. I mean, okay, bump map the ground, bump map the walls, bump map the combine. Don't bump map the mustache on the resistance guy so it looks like he has eight <laughs> different STDs on his face. It does just does not work. Plus, and I can't elaborate how much this is going to make it lag. And then, of course, they go through all that trouble of getting the bump mapping working, and then they use a four-poly hand model that looks like it was colored with crayon, and it just kind of throws off the whole thing, doesn't it? Yeah, but keep in mind, it's to be... It's still in development. Let's not focus just on the bump mapping, though, because they have some pretty good screenshots of their new water refraction effects um, of, you know, the water shooting up. And I always hated... Actually, I want to ask Philip, don't you hate sort of the splash of water in Half-Life 2, where it's just like this white... Water doesn't look like that. Yeah, what was that mod that we played not that long ago that had effects that they were maybe stolen from S-Mod? But those effects were quite good. And I think City 17 Episode 1 has yeah, got they, some new water effects as well. I have to be honest, these things really just, I think they only generally appeal to other mappers or other modders. Because, yeah. uh, you know, I mean, I'm not interested in whether, you know, there's bump mapping or not. I just want to play something that's fun. <laughs> and I don't know. I don't want to sound too negative because I'm sure it's taken a lot of work. But, you know, 
it's it's just not interesting enough for me. I want to play well, something, not look at it. Yeah, okay. it's moving it's, on. Yeah, just get on with it before I shoot myself in the face. Yeah. Um, firearm source, right, chaps? How about that mod with the guns and the people in the water staring up at the sky? <laughs> yeah, why are they staring up at the sky? I don't know. <laughs> Apparently, they got bored. <laughs> But anyway, um, they have some new Blue Force player models, which look pretty good, actually, and I'm glad we can see them in action instead of them just standing with their arms out in, like, a model render. You know you know, a mod has problems when in the screenshot, a doctored screenshot, the wheels of the truck on the right are not on the ground. They're, they're <laughs> levitating. That's they are when, a little bit, yeah, you're right. That's when there are issues. Okay, continue. But moving on, my turn, I guess, now. Um, the Lost World Source. Um, I haven't heard of this mod, and they did a media update. They got some renders of their dinosaur, and they got some renders of what they call the cage. Um, it looks interesting, I guess. I don't see anything that pops out at me, but uh, I don't know. We'll see. Jurassic Park, they're, they're copying Jurassic Park. I don't know. Will they get hit with a cease and desist? I don't know, but don't you think that this would be more fun as a co-op than a multiplayer? You know, I mean, if we all could rush in there onto the island and, you know, frag a few Tyrannosaurus T-Rexes, wouldn't that be, be fun? Cool. You know, you we know. always have a promise of a good dinosaur yeah. mod, but it never follows through. Yeah. That's why I'm looking Maybe. forward to Orion. I want to shoot some dinosaurs in source. I've never been okay. able to do that in a Half-Life mod. Alright, Okay. Maybe somebody needs to make Barney the dinosaur mod. <laughs> All right, moving on. And before, actually, before we move on, Robert just came on, and we're gonna add him to the call here. No, 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 no. Uh, uh, Hi, sir. Uh, Hi, no, Robert. Hi. Hello, Robert. Hi, Robert. Hi. Oh well. He, he's just in as bad a mood as I am this morning, so this oh. is gonna be good. We're gonna feed off each other's negative energy. We're just finishing up the media blitz, and then we can get into your interview. All right. Okay. Okay. He wants to go back to sleep. Yeah. Along with me. Moving on. Um, <laughs> another Left 4 Dead, Dead Before Dawn campaign update. They have some pretty cool footage of uh, some players fighting in a mall, and they. This trailer is actually really funny. They you actually the, got. Valve uh, actually emailed them with a sound recording of Francis saying, "I hate malls." Yeah. Exactly. Do you see the, uh, it's like a commercial for a book, for a bookstore, and it's like, books, get your books for 50% off, it's just funny. Yeah, this, this is, this is one of the things you're gonna have to watch, you can't just take our word for it, do watch. Exactly. So, I think we'll leave it with that, just watch this trailer, and, uh, be amazed. Um, so. Insurgency has a quick little update, they have a new sniper rifle scope. Um, actually a couple new sniper rifle scopes and some new iron sights and they have videos for each every one every three of those so insurgency is a mod that we're going to be covering in a lot more detail in the uh, in the near future we're going to probably do a feature on them yep you're going to get a censored beaten down version of what it originally was but hey you'll get it <laughs> now here we go this is a mod that i was looking forward to playing all week but i haven't played it yet but something that we haven't covered ever on Podcast 17, and uh, it's called Perfect Stride. And version 2 is coming out, but they already have sort of a demo, or version 1, up on their site. And what it is, it's a momentum mod. 
I don't want to say it's like Creed's, but it almost is like Creed's, where you have to rely on your own momentum to jump through the puzzles and collect almost like coins or these blocks and finish up the course. I love these types of things. I know you hate them, Emmanuel, and if you watch the the demo video here, I, I'm just so excited to play this. I, I, li- the, I like this. You... Go on. You haven't played the first one. I played the first one a year ago. Did you? It was it was released a year ago. No, I know it was. It's really old, <laughs> and I didn't. I have. I've never seen this mod ever before. Podcast seventeen first with the news a year no, ago. No, well, I'm saying this update. Is, oh, yeah. they're, they're coming out with version two soon. That's what the media. I know, is. but I can't believe you haven't played the first one. It's more like Sonic the Hedgehog in three D. Is it? Yeah, it's hard. I mean, I'm a crap player, and I admit that freely. But it, well, I found it really hard. I mean, I couldn't get past like the first oh, half you, of the level. Do, do you like it? Did you Did you like it? No, I didn't like it. Thank God. See, I was gonna say there's there's you know, there's moments in my lifetime where I felt uh, where I feel utterly connected to another human being, and I think when I play this, me and Philip will be on the same wavelength, and we'll just feed off each other's just anger and we're just gonna write down mean things and then say them on the podcast and it's gonna be great and i can't wait why didn't you like it though besides you I being a miserable bastard three i already spent years and years obsessing over movement i don't ever want to do it again all right let me clarify you did play this didn't you you're not yes. giving me the stuff that you did like earlier about the great escape or the oh, other no, thing no, no, no. Oh, I, I, did <laughs> I did play the great escape it's just i stopped i mean why would i play something i don't like William. No, no, but I'm checking because, you know, uh, earlier on it was like, yeah, I played it. Oh, but wait, I didn't finish it. So you played this. How far did you get in Perfect Stride? How far? It doesn't matter. Yes, it matters. No, Just it answer does, the question, Daniel. If, if you have a bowl of cereal and you take a bite of that <laughs> bowl of cereal and you realize there's little turd nuggets in it. This and episode and so is full you- of analogies. I All right, so you. what happened is you started the mod, you pressed the forward button, and then you stopped it so you can say I played it. I played maybe 30 minutes of it. All right, fine. Was that so hard, Emmanuel? Why can't you just answer the simple question? Because it doesn't matter. For crying out loud. Well, it does matter. If you play like 10 seconds of something or you play three hours, it's different. No, 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 no. I agree with you. I don't like it. But you can't play something for 10 seconds or 30 minutes and say it doesn't matter how long you've played it because I know you don't know. If you've played something for 10 seconds, you've read one word of a book. Oh, I read the book. I didn't like it. Well, keep in mind, though, if I was to say that about Half-Life, yes, I played 30 minutes of Half-Life, I didn't like it, yes, you would have a valid point. But we're talking about a mod whose who's only key feature is the movement. So why do you play for 20 minutes and you played the movement? And yeah, it depends on whether game. or not you like, if you like the movement system. You're, yeah. you're sort of right. I haven't played it yet, but I like these sort of things. You know, this is for a niche crowd. This is for a crowd that likes sort of these perfection jumping systems. Like I said, I don't want to compare it to Creed's, but it's a lot like Creed's. If you don't like Creed's, you probably won't like this mod either. But um, I'm, I, I love these it. types of things. Did Have you? you played it? Yeah. Well, I didn't think it was fun, but I liked it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now, did they did they actually code their own momentum system? Does it feel different? No, than... no. He, he uses, like, um, it's kind of like a glitch with, like, he, I think he sets the friction on all the surfaces to zero. Okay. And then it's kind of like a glitch, like kind of that way. But it was really, I really like the style. It's like chip tunes or something, and it was mm-hmm. like weird pixely textures. I really liked it. I don't yeah. know. They're trying to not very fun, and I was bad at it, but I like. <laughs> yeah, it's like running around on ice. Right. 
Okay. That's really what you've got. But of course, you've got to jump and stuff. Anyway. It's very clever. <laughs> yeah. The new version is coming out on August 8th, and that's what this update is about. So <laughs> we'll probably have a better review on, I don't know, when's the podcast after the 8th? So the 9th. Well, so next week. <laughs> anyway, moving on. Emmanuel, finish this up. All right. So we have uh, Four Hire, which I'd say I'm looking forward to. It looks looks pretty cool. They don't have any renders. Oh, never mind. They have renders. Yeah, they have a render of a rifle at the bottom. But if I see a render of something, then that means it's not. Mm. The maps looked good, but now that I see a weapon render, that means it's never coming out. So the screenshots of the maps look very environmental and very atmospheric. They do. They they're reminiscent of uh, Raven Shield to me because they're kind of open and it's That's supposed to be packed. So. Very good correlation. I'm, I'm looking. Uh, well, we'll see how they do it. Uh, it's just I'm a little skeptical, but we'll, we'll, there's not much to look at here, just maps. So we'll we'll give it more of a go over once we find out what's going on with it. I like them. Sorry, very quickly. I like the quote that I read from it. It says, "Earn your keep and pay your way through the game." I quite like that. I mean, it's not my style of game, but it would be interesting if they include some kind of financial mechanics in there as well. Yeah. Which is, has been done before, but doesn't mean it wouldn't be interesting. Agreed. Moving well, on, Black Sector, um, Subject Horizon, update number nine. This is a mod that does updates every now and then. It's a third-person sort of um, uh, sci-fi single-player mod. Um, and you have to fight through these sci-fi universes. They got some in-game screenshots of their works in progress, their, their maps up there. You can take a look at them. Um, if you want to see bigger versions, you have to drill down to the images of the mod DB profile. And they have some weapon renders, big deal. I'd rather see it in game. And uh, then they sort of promote their website. So if you're a fan of Black Sector, check it out. Not a very big um, media update, but a media update nonetheless. And lastly, um, we have a jailbreak update. King of the Hill yes. for jailbreak. And yes. uh, it's the second game mode to be added to the next release of Jailbreak Source. It's quoted to be mega fun. The gameplay is simple: take the hill to lock the enemy, uh, to lock the enemy jail. So it's basically King of the Hill, exactly what you would expect. And uh, they got a lot of really cool screenshots. I love the media updates of Jailbreak. They do everything right on ModDB. Being and really now... helpful and by Brent and borderline odd. What's that? Sorry. Being very odd with dinosaurs and guns and. No, but I just mean, uh, what I'm saying is they take advantage of the mod DB template really well. A lot of mods don't really do that. Yeah. Um, but, you know, mods like this, Overgrowth, um, Modular Combat, they, they take advantage of the template real well. And I like well, when they, they do that. should. Mm -hmm. Mod DB is a very powerful tool. You should use it. Right. So they got some really cool images. They don't clutter you with a lot of text. They just give you, you know, the nit and gritty. It's all here, right on their ModDB profile, so check it out. And, uh, I guess that's the end of the media blitz. It is! Mm -hmm. I guess we should say real quick um, about Modular Combat. Yeah, um, Modular Combat um, has the uh, Player of the Week preview video and uh, um, server file update. So check that out. Um, just some regular old stuff. No one's going to really care because they're going to be busy playing the 1.75 version. So. Mm -hmm. If uh, you find yourself out of the game and you'd like to read up on about it, read this. Mm -hmm. I like how they do this player of the week thing. Yeah, it's kind of cool. Yeah. 
Okay, so um, I guess now it's time to move on to the interview. We'll skip over yes. topic of the week for now. And yeah. uh, Robert is here waiting patiently. Yes. Hello, Robert. Welcome back to the show. Hi. Uh, wait, do I have to have call burner going or nope. something? No, <laughs> you're good. No, you're good. Can, can I, got I get the reason one. as to the interview, William? Sure. So well, hold on, hold on a sec, Philip. Philip, you're you're breathing into your microphone a lot. That's not me. I'm holding my breath. Oh, that's <laughs> not me. That's me. Can okay. you hear me now? Yeah, you're fine. Okay, there's no more breathing. Sorry, sorry for accusing you. <gasps> Any, anyways, the the reason we're we're doing this interview. See, Yang doesn't want to be here right now. Robert would rather be in bed. But we kind of sort of forced him to come onto the show. We blackmailed him, but he's such a good sport that I actually came on. So. Yeah. Because we uh, love Radiator. We do. See, we when, the thing Real, is... Even Philip? No, Philip no, doesn't like it. No, Philip doesn't love it, but Philip applauds and respects what you've done. <laughs> but Philip doesn't like Norwegian food, that's all. Sorry, we're just talking about people liking different things. And no one likes Norwegian. Emmanuel like, was using the food as an example. Who eats whales? That's such a mean... Japanese eat lots of whales, but on it, no, seriously, I'm not. I'm, I'm being serious. I, you know what you've done is fantastic. It's just not my kind of game. So, so uh, last night, uh, I mean, uh, a few weeks ago, we played Radiator Two, and I originally did play Radiator One, but I didn't. I mean, I, I enjoyed it, and I understand what he was doing with it. It was pretty cool. And then we finally got to play Radiator Two, and it was such a such a change in direction. It's I, I adored it, and I, I felt like such an ass because the questions we were asking you had nothing to do with, you know, something of Radiator 2's caliber. So we would like to, we wanted to have you on and discuss Radiator, Radiator 2 so that way the listeners would definitely play Radiator 2, first of all, but also so we could elaborate on what exactly you're doing and what's going to happen afterwards again and, and get your thoughts on Radiator, especially after the second release. So, okay. Once again, Lovely. thank you for ha being on. Um First of all, I find it funny that in the old last interview, you said you didn't want to finish Radiator 2. That you said that you you're just doing it now because you have all these assets and you don't want to let the people down who were already giving you those assets. No, that that that's not why. I don't I don't care about other people, but it's more <laughs> about like like I had the map already and I did a lot of like scripting and stuff with the entities and stuff. And I was already really far along and even though i didn't think it was fun i wanted to like finish it 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 is really frustrating we should we should say that to anyone who hasn't played it but it's frustrating in a good way because you feel like you you're you're advancing and you do you do go through all the the motions um before i get started william do you have any questions yeah, um, I have two main questions. Radiator 1 Polaris was, you know, about a relationship between two people. And that, that was good. Um, however, I didn't feel as strong of a connection between me and the characters as I did in Handle with Care. For example, um, the narrator, I felt sympathy for her, going or him, going on a date with this guy. Um, but I didn't feel as much sympathy as I did for the two guys in Handle with Care because when I was losing or when I was winning I really felt bad for those characters what sets Handle with Care apart from Polaris in your opinion what how did you make that strong connection with the characters in Handle with Care um 
Well, well, I mean, first of all, I didn't anticipate like that reaction to any of them. Like, I don't. I just. I make my characters like I don't really. I wish I had like specific techniques or something, or I <laughs> wish I anticipated this like reaction that like, people like one person on my DB sales like changing their life or something, and they wrote like two paragraphs on how it's like just amazing, and that. <laughs> I don't know where that's coming from, honestly. I don't. I wasn't sure if he was being sarcastic or not. It didn't really make much sense to me. No, it. I, I I'm not gonna say it changed my life, but I remember playing it and just I was taken aback. I had to sit. I had to stand back and look at it and think, "Wow, that was, that was out of left field. I didn't expect that. It's. It was. It was really. It was. It, I'm not gonna say deep because it's a. You know, it's a game. I'm, I'm not. I want to sound pretentious, but it, it definitely was a lot. It had a lot of. I, I'm lost for words. I don't know what I would call it, but substance was very substantial to me. So uh, I, I, I just can't like divorce myself from it is what I'm saying. Like, like I've dug myself in this hole and I can't see the hole because I'm in it. <laughs> That's true. You're doing something extremely powerful, and I want to I want to sort of know if if you sort of had the intentions of doing something like this because gamers can become immersed in a video game much more than they can become immersed in, say, a movie or a book. You know, video gaming is their thing. When they're playing a video game, they feel as if they're, char- they're the character. Uh-huh. So when, when, they play, when they play Radiator, um, I think they feel a little bit more of a connection to characters and meaning sort of shines through a little bit better. Did you ever think something like this was going to be happening? Because you were doing something incredible with the Half-Life engine that I've never seen anywhere else in gaming in terms of development. Well, I didn't really anticipate like a deep like connection from a lot of players because uh, I think a lot of players they get this like I don't know gay panic or like <laughs> or, like a weird homophobic like streak or something. It it really doesn't make sense to me because I'm not like like shoving like the gay in your face or anything. Like I, I thought I kind of handled it really like matter of fact. It's kind of like oh they're just gay. Okay, what's the exactly. next thing? Yeah. But um, I don't know, some players got really caught up on that. And um, if you go to, like, my forum or, like, the liner notes or something, it's it's a lot of it's a lot of people, like, the discussion mostly focused on, like, why did I make them gay, you know? Why, <laughs> why, did, I, why did I ruin something that could have been good by making them gay? And it that, was that's, just, part, that, that's part for the course for the gaming community. You put all this time and effort into something <laughs> and you meticulously craft it and they can conversation is stuck on lol faggots that's that's all they could get their their little minds around yeah i'd be okay um, if the conversation was like this mod sucks it's not fun yeah blah, blah, blah. you know that's a little more like valid and stuff but this was well, a with, character detail i don't know whatever speaking of speaking of irrational hate did you purposefully make the other guy really annoying or was i just irked by him because he annoyed the crap out of me i did not like him one bit <laughs> Well, I don't know. I, I I guess I'm really good at making annoying characters. I don't know. <laughs> People don't like the therapist either. Um, yeah. Let's yeah. see. With um, let's see. the the therapist was a girl in my Shakespeare class, and I and I really liked her <laughs> voice. She had a very interesting quality to her voice. And what I actually got her for was for um, the next Radiator, 
where she's like the ghost of Emily Dickinson or something. And, <laughs> cool. Uh, and um, that's why I originally had her in mind. But then I was working on this one, and I thought, oh, I need this other part. And, uh, and I thought I'd use her and record lines at the same time. And then for the other guy, um, I think I just let's see. He's my <laughs> he's my roommate actually. Um, he roommate, he's a really, right? He's a really <laughs> yeah, sure. No, no, you can say life partner. It's okay. We're not judging. Um, I think I wanted a really like want like a masculine voice for him. Because, you know, all these all these stereotypes about, you know, gay people being really like closet, you know, you know, like queens, you know, mm-hmm. limp wristed, whatever, with the lisp and all that. And I want someone that didn't really sound gay, but you know, is can still be perfectly annoying, or <laughs> you can still hate them for other reasons. You know, you know. I think yeah, that was but- I think that was my idea with. So, so when you when you sat down for Radiator Two, were you looking to? Was this the point of the story for you? Was the character development the the prime thing, or was it just something that kind of came along on accident? Um, well, what originally what I wanted to do was well, I was playing Half Life Two, and you know they have those little um, nooks, you know, with the with the little Lambda logo with the supply mm-hmm. crates there, and they're always like in these weird like. Like on a ledge or like under a bridge behind a vent or something. Yeah. And then from like a narrative point of view, you have to wonder like who like who like brought who like lugged a crate up to this ledge just to like put it there and then like spray painted something there. Like that's it, kinda weird. So then I started thinking about that and I was like, Oh, what if I made a mod where it was your job to like lug a crate like up up this like ledge and then spray paint a little lambda lambda logo there and then like get back down or something because i thought that was a little weird but then i realized i was like breaking my own rule of not using city 17 so then i took it out of the half-life 2 universe and then i tried to abstract it more and then that's kind of what what that like shelving unit came out of with the coordinate system and stuff like battleship yeah yeah (laughs) Would, were you surprised by well first of all am i wrong in thinking that uh handle with care was more i wouldn't say successful but more downloaded and more appreciated by the players am i wrong to say that um yeah i got more website traffic and stuff so i would say and i think um some magazine contacted me about putting it on their cd so i think nice. it's getting more play yeah were you, if you were to go back and think about one, two, and three, would you have pegged two as the successful one? Mm, I don't know. Two is like the middle child that I don't really like very much, and and if it does well, you know that's good for them. And um, I don't I don't hate them. I don't hate the middle child necessarily, but um, I don't know. I just I I dislike it a little. I don't know. I, as a, I'm really conflicted about it. As a developer, um, you're a little bit unique in that you're creating a lot of things, so you almost have a persona to you. Do you feel as if you, as 
as a developer are being typecasted into developing almost um, mods about life? Or do you feel like you can break out of that shell in the future and maybe just create a run-and-gun shooter if you wanted? I was actually thinking about that the other day. Like, I was, like, um, I was playing research and development, and mm-hmm. um, I was like, oh, this is, this is kind of cool. But he, like, he didn't... It was put together really well, but I think I like more narrative. Mm-hmm. Like, it's... Mm-hmm. And I really wish he put in, like, a stronger narrative or something. Well, that's your style. That's what I'm saying. Do you feel as if you're typecasted Um, or something like that? Yeah, so I think... Yeah, I was kind of thinking about making, like, kind of like a side project apart from Radiator, which was... Which is, like, you know, the traditional Half-Life, you know, you know, kill Combine and you climb a tower (laughs) or something. And, um... Yeah, I was thinking about that with like a strong, stronger like narrative presence, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, I, I I am being typecast. I'm I'm typecasting myself, but <laughs> um, I don't know. I'll try to climb out of that. Well, I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing. I think what you're doing is incredible. So it's just it's it's really odd to see a developer in the Half Life community that is that has their own style because we see a lot of developers who don't have a style. They're just Okay, I gotta make a map today, okay? Today there has to be, you know, a Citadel factory in here, and today there has to be, you know, like a rebel building. I mean, that's basically their job. For you, it's something a little bit more in-depth. And having that sort of personality makes you unique, and I think that's really excellent. Yeah, and I, I, I have to agree with you on research and development. It's I, I liked it, but I had this nagging feeling of why am I doing this? And if they just sat down and just had a story that was just as good as the gameplay, then I would have been way more involved in it. But it was disappointing. But it was a great game. It's just uh, I wish there was a story. Um, And what about about voice acting? Because the first one didn't have voice acting, and the second one does, and that makes a huge difference. I don't think the second one would have been nearly as immersive or or, uh, interesting if, if it hadn't had the voice acting. So do you plan, is that something that you're always going to now focus on? It, it was so much work. I don't, <laughs> really. I don't, I don't like it. I don't, uh, I think if I do voice acting again, it's going to be like a quarter of the dialogue at most. There's like, I, that's like 50 lines. It's like, or at least I it, it it's a it was a lot of recording and it was a lot of like sound processing and stuff and I, and I was kind of freaking out because um, in Polaris I accidentally normalized the um, guitar sound that plays when oh, um, when you look at a star or something so like in all these reviews it's like it's like oh and then. So and I'm like really enjoying this atmosphere, and then the guitar sound was really loud, and it disturbed me a lot. <laughs> and then everyone was like taking meaning out of that, like I want to disturb them purposely, and like that's what relationship is like. And you know that's good and well, but um, I thought it was kind of funny because that was just like a big mistake on my part because I don't know anything about sound editing or mastering or anything. <laughs> um, so I learned a lot from this. Well, um, well, we we just have to answer your question. No, um, 
you are going to do it though, even though you don't want to, right? Um, oh, come on, you have to. Well, some guy volunteered to do voice acting, and he already has like a setup and stuff, so I think I'll just use him in the future. Even even poor quality voice acting, as long as they're good actors, is okay. It just oh no no no, I would I would rather have text. I really like text. Oh. That's one of my missions with Ray. I'm gonna make text respectable in the mod. Minerva like, Minerva would have been great if it had voice, and no, I just no. <laughs> sorry. <Philip? laughs> I could hear him rustling in his chair. He's ready to say something. Oh, you, Phil. Oh, okay. Uh, Minerva was the only mod that I ever felt did text well because it managed to integrate it into the story and the situation. And I can't recall a mod that has done it in any in a better way because all, all the rest of them, it's just text on the screen. But here it was part of your display, you know, because you were like the, the Metro Cop or the Combine guy, whoever you were, and that was part of your, you know, helmet. But for me, text on the screen is like the biggest wake up for dropping me out of immersion than anything. Hmm. Yeah. Have you have you have you played um, Intrusion? Intrusion is a single player mod that came out last year, and basically it has text on the screen, but it's actually on the wall. And it's I know that's been done lots of times before, but basically you're following somebody, and I felt that that was a really good storytelling technique that. It used text, but it, it didn't use text, if you know what I mean. Research and development sort of did that, too. Yeah, you know, um, I mean... It, if, you, yeah. if you watch Heroes, you see a lot of cues from the Heroes TV show in that they introduced the levels by having, like, spray-painted areas on the wall that you see when you enter the level. I thought that was amazing. Yeah, and um, the A-Team as well. There was some A-Team stuff on there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But, but, but my point is that the text on the screen ruins immersion for me because it makes me remember I'm playing a video game. So I hate that word my... immersion. Okay. Oh, come off it. You that's the whole point of Radiator 2, isn't it? I I mean, I mean take whatever meaning you will. I mean, it's but I mean, I just I personally I really if if um there's a really good game design textbook called um rules of play and if you ever get a chance to read it there's this part in it called the immersion fallacy and it's basically about how um a lot of people have this idea that video games should reach this like pinnacle where it's like a holodeck or something um but that really isn't the aim of games the textbook argues that is and i don't know i i agree that i've sub i subscribe to that field of thought where that, immersion is just a stupid word that people use when they don't really know what to say about that, it that, that's it's a really non-specific and that, i don't like that, that's a cop-out though it depends on the type of game when you play a metal gear solid for instance metal gear solid 3 the whole point is that you're being told a story and when you read a book or when you watch a movie you're not supposed to feel like you're sitting in a theater you're supposed to feel like you're partaking in the story like you're not a character but you commiserate with the characters and that you're there and in most in some games that's part of the game granted mario does not have immersion it doesn't need to um there are plenty of games out there that don't need it peggle does not need immersion but i think <laughs> you're playing when you're playing something like radiator 
I, I, I felt like I was being immersed, maybe not in the sense you're, you're thinking of it as, as, but you commiserate with the characters in the same way you would commiserate in a story. And it drives you. It's a driving force. So I'm sure the, the, the book brings a valid points, but I, I don't think the, the author has, has much in the way of saying anything other than games should be fun. They shouldn't be immersive. But then, like, like what creates immersion, you know? Like, you're just, it's, it's, it's more, like, vague, like, oh, like, gameplay. Oh, more, like, characters, you know? You need to, you need to be more specific. It, you need to, like, break it down into its parts. And when you say, like, this game is immersive, you need to, okay, well, first of all, um, that's kind of creating this idea that, games are kind of like a narrative structure which i don't necessarily agree with despite my work but <laughs> um yeah it's kind of weird how my own like opinion doesn't fit it but i think i'm i'm kind of part of the school of thought where it's like games are systems that you interact with not necessarily stories and when you say immersion is based on a character or whether there's on-screen text or voice acting, you know, you know that's that's narrative. That's not immediately important to the game. What's really important to the game is the mechanics and the flow and the pacing of the challenges you set, and that's what creates immersion. If you want to use that word, what I'm what I'm talking about here is is feeling that. I am part of the game. I am the character. And when I play, I don't know, Sonic the Hedgehog or I play Trackmania, I know I'm not. I'm not part of the game. I'm interacting with a system, as you call it. But when I play Half-Life, I am Gordon Freeman. And like many people, when a rocket fires at me, I fall off my chair because I've leant to one side. But I, I don't do that with Trackmania. When I'm playing Trackmania, my car crashes. I'm, I'm stable in my seat. So when I use immersion, it's me believing that I'm in that situation. And you're right. To decide exactly what is immersion, you have to pinpoint all of these these different areas. And different games have different types of immersion, whether I see something happen that's non-physics. For example, if I'm playing Half-Life and suddenly um, the uh, ammo canister from the shotgun or the machine gun floats... That suddenly reminds me that I'm playing a game not being this person. And I, for, for me, the screen text reminds me that I'm not as involved as I want to be. Because for you, it's breaking the fourth wall is essentially what you're saying. Yeah. and I, I mean, it does, I'm not suggesting that everybody has to feel that. But that's why I play the game. I play the game because my life sucks. And I want to be Gordon Freeman. And I, it's, the same, it's the same reason people read all of these books, because they want to take themselves out of their life and they want to be, you know, somebody different. And that's why I play, because I want to be Gordon Freeman for a couple of hours every day and do these things. And if, you know, the same reason when you play a scary mod, you have to have the lights off. Because if you've got the lights on and you've got MTV playing in the background, you're not there. I think, I think the, the fundamental issue here is that... Um, we play games and and Robert he develops them so he has the task of making them fun whereas we can just sit back and say yeah well that wasn't good so for us immersion is important whereas he has the the more prevailing issue of well are people gonna actually enjoy this so 
you, I'm gonna have to read that book because I've actually gotten into this argument before with an old friend of mine, and and I absolutely almost lost it. I almost punched them in the face because I was so aggravated. But they were in game design and I wasn't, so it's it just goes to show that they knew what they were talking about and I didn't. But then this kind of ties in with the argument we had a few weeks back of when you review a game, do you review it as a developer or as a uh, player? Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. Definitely. So you you do feel though that there is no that immersion's a cop out and that games are games and that if you want to read a story you should go play you should go watch a movie or read a book then Robert. I mean that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying game a lot. Okay, a lot of people they want to see games as this extension of movies. You know, like t- towards a more like amazing like depiction of reality kind of and then that's kind of what immersion speaks to like reality is this pool of water and when you play a game and you you jump in this pool of water and then it's like it's like on a holodeck it's like on the it's like being immersed in realism and it's it's great and reality and all that but um i don't i think that's kind of awful like it doesn't it doesn't really mean any, you know, games have existed for like thousands of years, you know? Um, and it's just, games are like on their separate track in my mind of development and immersion doesn't help you make better games. You know, Matthew actually says something really interesting and I've never heard something um, expressed in this sort of sentiment. And he says, Radiator 2 made me believe that that the character was me, not the other way around, as in you being the character. I think you being the character is immersion. The character being you is something completely different. The character being you is something where you're feeling what they feel, you understand what they feel, but you're still you're still under the understanding that it's still a character. But you're making some sort of connection with it. Not an immersive connection, but a connection almost like a... Like an emotional connection. And Radiator does that. Radiator makes an emotional connection. Like I still know the characters are two separate beings. And I'm not saying that I feel as if I am doing what he is doing. But I feel an emotional connection with him. And I feel what he feels because it makes that emotional tick. That it... I don't know. I've, I've sort of lost my train of thought. But it makes me sympathetic for them. For them. This is like a, a great Greek tragedy where Robert has accidentally made this thing and he doesn't even really care for it, but everyone keeps on obsessing over it and he, <laughs> they're interpreting it his, in their own way and he has no say in it and he's just yelling at the top of his lungs, no, no. No, no, I mean, that that's good that people are interpreting it. And, you know, it doesn't matter how, like, my intentions were in creating this. It matters how people like perceive it mm-hmm. that's what's most important well so you were, you're not gonna do the voice acting anymore i suppose then that was the old the first question oh oh yeah um <laughs> some um i think some guy i think he does a lot of voice acting for mods and he sent me an email he's like oh blah 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 and i'm like okay cool you can be um i have a part for you in um, two dash one or whatever. Mm-hmm. I'll I'll talk to you when I actually have a map ready and stuff. Good. 
So, um, okay, yeah, there'll be more voice acting. Yes. Good. Good. Well. I have to kill you now. <laughs> I have a more detailed question. And one thing that I sort of expected when I was playing 1-2, Handle with Care, was I was expecting a time limit. Um, in that when, when you get the boxes, you have a certain amount of time to put it in its slot. Did you ever think about adding a time limit? And if you did, why didn't you add a time limit? Um, I don't think a time limit fits. I don't think yeah. it does either, but I was expecting it. You know what I mean? Were you ever um, contemplating something like it's that? Already, it's already hard enough with a time <laughs> limit, I feel like. Um, even though I made it a lot easier. I was actually worried I was making it too easy, but fortunately, that wasn't a problem. No. Um, no. I, <laughs> um, no, I, I was already stressed enough as it was. If you had added a time limit, I would have exploded mentally, just fell over dead. Mm -hmm. So stressful. And um, yeah, and in the portal commentary, like, spoiler at the end when you're like fighting Gladys and all that, um, you know, the developer commentary, they were saying they had a, like a time limit and stuff and you're doing all this complex stuff and it was really hard. But then they made it a really simple task. And then added a time limit, and that was that worked beautifully. Mm -hmm. So I feel like if I was doing something a lot simpler, um, I would have done a time limit. Maybe. Do you do you uh, you don't go to school specifically for game design, do you? You you major in English, right? Yeah. So I've always said that people who do who go to game design schools are usually shit, and people who do it for fun are much better. You're a prime example of that, and I just want to say thank you for, for proving you're right. I love being right. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know about game design school. I don't... It's so, I mean, listen, me and, me and William are over here doing calculus three and differential equations, and these people go to school to learn Hammer, and you can just learn it in a weekend, and it just angers us. If you like it so much, go <laughs> do it some people like to have direction though i think that's the main difference yeah but learning how to use hammer and designing games is a completely different thing that's just like saying once you learn the alphabet you can write a book yeah but learning how to make something fun is a lot easier okay we're not gonna get to that argument but i'm just saying you can pick up like yang mr yang has done he went up and picked out theory uh books on theory of fun and game design that's that's all you need to do you don't need some old white guy to tell you after forty thousand dollars a year in a macbook pro that you know, making boxes is, is fun if you do it in a certain way. It's, I just, I like that Yang is embodied, a perfect representation. Well, it depends on your personality. <laughs> perfect. Yeah, perfect. exactly. You You're right, William, I agree with you. It's personality. Some people like a structure and they like to be told things. Other people can go to a library and do the research and learn things themselves. And for Emmanuel to just assume that everybody has to do it his way is par for the course. Well, <laughs> to be fair, actually, I, I, am in, I am in no way a polymath, and I actually, I, I actually have to be taught things. But it, I think that there's so many t resources and tools available for game design, and there are so many people in game design who go to schools for it who really don't care for it. They're just doing it because they don't want to get real jobs, that you're better off just learning it yourself and, and creating your own way about it. Do you have the, do you have the prestigious game design schools in mind, like DigiPen and Guildhall? When you say yeah. that, or are you no, saying like Devry and Westwood and all that? Actually, I think if you're going to go to a game design school, don't go to a prestigious one. Go to, I mean, if you actually have to have someone to tell you how to do it, if you have to learn that way, go to a less prestigious one. So that way you're, you know, you're, you're going to get a job on the merit of your work, not on the merit of your institution, in my opinion. Mm. So. Well, that's, 
your opinion. One thing I wanted to ask you though, Robert, <laughs> there's a lot of people in the chat now who are like, wait a second, we had to slot the boxes in their certain spots. Um, if I, I actually made a develop or a walkthrough video of me playing Radiator and the first probably 20 minutes is me trying to figure out what the hell to do. And I think a lot of people felt like that. Is there a certain reason why you didn't tell the player straight out, okay, you have to put the boxes in their specific spot? Or um, is there a reason why you made it essentially two endings where the, the player is often confused if they actually break all the boxes and then get to the end and they're like, oh, that was the end of the game? Um, I'm a big proponent of not like forcing the player really to do anything. And um, I think the most interesting part of a game is like the experimental model where it's like, oh, I'll try this thing. And if that doesn't work, I know you're not supposed to do that. And I feel like if I just had a text box that says, oh, put the box in the slots, you know, that's really, that's really boring. You know, that's taking all the, like, interesting guesswork out of it. You and, did uh, sort of do that subtly, though, with the little poster in the in the test chamber at the beginning. You sort of said, this is what you have to do. But a lot, yeah. I think a lot of people ignore that. I, I did the first run through. I ignored it. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I, I mean, I'm hoping... Like, you connect all these different, like, stimuli and, like, see how they're supposed to relate. Like, a, like some coordinates flash on the screen, and then, oh, the coordinates can match, match to, like, a shelving system, and then there's this red blinking light with a box. You know, I, I'm hoping that all, like, connects somehow. Um, and I think that's what a game should do, not necessarily tell you what to do, but let you figure that out on your own. Yeah. Let's... Tell us about tell us about the ending. If if you um, I guess we can spoil it. Enough people have played it. Um, when when you actually beat it by putting the boxes in their proper slot. So like I guess the good ending, or the happy ending, and yeah. then you added that almost um, anticlimax at the very end, um, where you can break the final box again and get a, a separate view. What made you do something like that? Um, the, the two endings are just, are the exact same thing, actually, mm -hmm. but then just different voiceovers. Mm -hmm. Um, I originally had something entirely different in mind with the ending and stuff. Like, there's going to be this big, like, climax where you, like, go to, like, this big warehouse with, like, with, like, hundreds and thousands of boxes and stuff. And I was thinking, no, I mean, you're already playing in, like... You're already shelving boxes. That's already like really boring. Um, what was I thinking? Um, the, okay, the endings are the same because I figured most people wouldn't put all the boxes in. <laughs> I'm guessing like 0.001% of the people who played it have actually gone to that end. So I figured, <laughs> you know, why put work into an ending that no one's going to see? Mm. So... But what you about that extra thing? Boxes? Which is disappointing for you to hear, I understand. But um, what, what, Philip? Did you put all the boxes in whatever slot? I'm sorry, I don't really know what you're referring to, but I just have this image of you. If it was possible, you did it. Yes? I did. <laughs> oh, my God, That's really? Good. Yeah. It's not hard to do. I didn't find oh. it that hard, to be honest. How long did it take? Like, well, like 30 minutes. I have a video of it. <laughs> That's great. Wow. I loved I loved planning out my route. This was my favorite part of the mod. Actually, to be honest, my favorite part of the mod was not um, 
connecting with the characters. It was looking at the box, getting the coordinate, and then looking at the shelves and saying, okay, I have to get to this coordinate. In order to do that, I have to move this box. Oh, uh, okay, you got it. Good. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Most, a lot of people don't reach that stage where it's like... That was my favorite part of the whole mod. They're kind of like, oh, can I just throw the crate there? And then oh, no. when it breaks, they don't get that. They have to plan it. Or move crates out of the way in fact, like, in advance, you know? For the very last part, here's another spoiler alert. For the very last part, there's... For the very last box, you have to almost um, go up a shaft that you can't go up. So what I, what essentially I did is I took the two floaty barrels and I stacked them on top of each other in the very far left corner in that in that long... Oh, in that long actual part, and I climbed up on the on the there, and I just jumped up again, and I made like this intrigue, intricate, sort of maze type thing out of all the props that you gave us in the map. That's not the sushi in mind, but that's perfectly valid and fine. Yeah, it's great. You... I love doing that. That was my favorite part of the whole mod is figuring out those little things. That's why I like Creed, and that's why I like these puzzle things. You're you really should... rare. You're a rare <laughs> type of player. You should you should honestly go and 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 do a stat, statistic thing to watch how people play the mod, because I bet every single person has played it in a con- completely different way. I played it way differently than William did, and I bet if you sat down and recorded the actions or something, you would get an incredible just 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 everything would be so different. I'd love to see it. In fact, I even went back a third time and I played it. And with the intent of you not breaking three any times? boxes. Yeah. Oh my god. Well, my first time I lost, and I got so fed up I was just throwing boxes at the wall. And then the second time I beat it, but I broke a couple boxes. And the third time I beat it with the intent of not breaking any boxes. I was hoping there was going to be some super ending. Oh, sorry. But there wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> you really, you, you, I think you underestimate the, the power of, of this mod. It seems like you, you think it's something completely, we, we really enjoyed it. Like, I'm surprised you think that we wouldn't play it three times. It's only, you know... That's really long. weird. You guys are yep. just really weird. No, I'm sure I'm sure most of the listeners... <laughs> There's other people, yeah. There's other people out there who played it like that, too, I think. Yeah. So I, I yeah, see, like, Alhapa is saying, I use the floating blue things a lot. Yeah, and then some people don't even know they're there. So that, <laughs> that's interesting. So anyway, um... I don't know. I don't have any more questions. Can you tell us about one three? What can we expect? Um, one three. Okay. Well, I'm trying to prototype it right now, and it's like an orange map phase right now. And I kind of have some of the art prototyped too. Um, how's it going right now? And the voice acting is all done and stuff. Um, so now, I mean, with this workflow, I'm trying. I think the workflow I'm going with is you pro- I, I'm going to prototype it and then when I'm like playing through it and realizing like how not fun it is, I'm going to try to like fix it mm-hmm. um, so I can kind of avoid all this anxiety I had with Handle With Care and make it something I'm more interested I'm I don't know, I can be more proud of. Um, 1-3 is going to be in a submarine for most of the time and um it's kind of stemming from the i guess bioshock and like system shock 2 tradition of of basically like emergent systems like converging to create something interesting so i'm trying to create a bunch of 
systems that can kind of interact to make hopefully something interesting. So you have a constantly rising like water level or something. Um, the reactor's about to explode. Um, and like you're, you're losing air in this submarine. So um, all, the, all these different conditions are like converging. It, you know, so you might be in like the bottom floor of the submarine and your the water level's rising and then like Emily Dickinson is right around the corner and she's going to kill you. You, you know, like it, it was kind of like it's kind of this idea that you'll make you'll get yourself into shit and hopefully that'll be interesting. Huh. Well, God, that sounds even better than one, too. <laughs> I don't know. It might turn out really bad. I'm, I'm still. Do you believe you're getting better with each episode in terms of your development and in terms of what you're doing? Um, I hope so. I think I'm getting better. More experience with like what I know I can handle and what I can't. Interesting. With that said, what are some ideas you'd like to implement but you can't because of the engine or limitations of your own knowledge? Um, let's see. One idea I did, um, I'm not sure if I talked about this before. It was, I was prototyping this idea where um, before you go into, go into Ravenholm, you can save that ball you throw around with dog, you know? Mm-hmm. And um, and then you can have the and some people had the roller mind follow them like through like Ravenholm pretty much and like be their little friend and kill zombies and stuff. <laughs> so that kind of interested me. That kind of like sub game. So now I was prototyping this idea where it was like the roller minds are like your children and you're like guiding them through like life or something. And that really didn't work because the roller mind physics are like just really crazy to deal with they're almost Uh, haphazard in the way they move too yeah they're really not predictable at all Mm -hmm. so then that idea kind of just failed um and another idea where it was like um there's like the myth about um ariadne in the mentor's maze where she had she unwound a ball of string as she went through the maze then she could follow the string to get back out Mm-hmm. And um, one idea was like make a maze and then like connect like um, a rope entity to the player, so then they can like kind of follow this rope or something, um, or, or or some some mechanic with that. I don't know. And then that didn't work at all because the physics simulation on the ropes is really hacky. And, mm. You can do uh, breadcrumbs. Yeah, but. That's a lot of physics objects. <laughs> um, so, so there is a lot of stuff that, a lot of abstract. There's a, there are a lot of failed ideas that, <laughs> and we and it's easier just to blame them on the engine. Uh, no, I blame them on myself for not utilizing. Oh, oh, we didn't mean that. <laughs> maybe, maybe in Half Life Three, we'll we'll get something that, you know, we're totally out of left field. Like as if the stuff we haven't seen isn't out of left field yet. Um, so with, uh, with Polaris, we, uh, for, well, first of all, like I said earlier, it didn't have, it had dialogue. It didn't have the, the voice acting. Um, when you, did you write the voice acting? I mean, did you write the dialogue yourself? Yeah. Who else would you... write? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm just saying you didn't do the voice acting, so, you know, maybe you're a busy guy. Um, 
when you when you wrote it, was it after the fact of the mod, or did you write the voice I the the story first, and then did you do the the mod? Like, what came first? What what was more important to you? Wait, I understand the question. What was more important to you, the the dialogue you wrote, or the 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 gameplay aspects of it? Like, did you, how did you approach it? Oh, um, they're kind of like separate branches more like like i know i wanted to have this scene in like a therapist therapist office with like um two partners or something and i know i wanted to do something with like shelving crates or something so and then and then those two lines like converge like i kind of have a lot of different branches i'm like working on and then hopefully they they like you know, converge at some point. Like I have, like <clears throat> I have art styles and like half-finished maps and stuff of like you know different art styles. And then you know maybe I'll find like a gameplay mechanic that I like that also works with that art style. So yeah. then that's like a happy convergence between the two. Cool. What do you, you see yourself you... um, backtracking <clears throat> a little bit to the engine and the limitations? Do you see yourself <clears throat> ever coding? Anything into the engine to suit your needs, or are you just going to forever use the vanilla Half-Life 2 engine? I don't know how to program, so no. <laughs> <laughs> All right, fair enough. Do, uh... Well, um, with that said, uh, what, what is the... Well, how far along have you gone in terms of... I mean, how many episodes do you have planned out? Because you mentioned 2-1. Um, I have... I have a game design I think will work for 2.1. I haven't started building it yet. Um, and 2.2, I have an idea and I'm doing research for it. And then 2.3, I, I have like a paragraph in text to myself. And that, that's it. That's insane oh. how much you look forward in the future. Yeah. That's it's pretty, it's pretty good. Um, what about, uh, oh, God, I had a question I forgot. It was really good. <coughs> Go on, Sam. Any, I, I'm, I'm dry. Philip, do you have anything else? No, I'm not really the person to ask because <laughs> right. I haven't played this is, it. So. Part, no, no. Uh, it's going to bug me too because this is a question that I wanted to ask. Wow. Well, actually, here, I, I'm, I was thinking of Philip. And as, as a developer, do you have anything to say to sort of new mappers out there? Um, make something make something interesting. Don't copy your favorite game. <laughs> that's, that's that's really important. Make something Plus, new and kind of bring your own personality. In there. And it doesn't have to be like crazy about like gay people or something. You know, you can make it about. <laughs> you know, re- that's why I really like research and development. It had his own voice. True, true, and you can. You, uh, we, we kind of feel that you can tell a lot about a mod through the developer and just by what developer, what mod it is. I mean, if you had, you know, the guys who do modular combat make something, you could tell it was them, and the same for Neo Tokyo and et cetera, et cetera. So that's that's really important. Um, the question I had was, you're taking a different modding style in that you're doing these small episodes, very small episodes. What is the development cycle like that for you? I mean, you already have your, you're obviously working on your degree, so you don't have much time in, in, 
in that respect. But do you sit down for one hour a day or do you make a schedule or do you just do it whenever you feel like it? Because this does give you some lenience, I suppose. But you are setting yourself dates at the same time. Um, I think I set myself like a rough timeline of like a month or so. Um, but I haven't been working on, <laughs> I haven't done any modding for like the past two weeks because... Because I recently got into a relationship, and it's kind of weird, and I'm not Uh-oh. used to being in a relationship, and, you, you know, that, that I guess that speaks to my experience. Um, Do all the ladies love you because of Radiator? Did you find you because of Radiator? Yes, yes, they all love me. Yes. That's awesome. <laughs> I bet you get a lot of love letters. Oh, oh, yeah. All zero of them. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's better than the ten of them from males, I suppose. So. Yes. Um, I was actually going to ask, these are the, the two you've done already are relationship oriented. Do you have any underlying mother or father issues or love issues or something? Or are they just topical for you at the moment? I don't know. I can't dissect myself. I don't know. <laughs> uh, Probably. I don't know. I'm Maybe I'm fucked up. I don't know. Do you think your work will change now that you're in a relationship or does does your day to day life affect your work? It probably will, because it'll get me thinking along different lines. <laughs> Everything well, anyway. Us. Yeah, after that, after after all, I just want to say thank you again for coming on, and mm-hmm. I know that this is the second time, and uh, you're in for surprise when we have you come on for the third time, for the third one, if it's good. Yeah, so, you outed me. Are you happy? Yeah, yeah. We, we just <laughs> have to keep on We just have to. Um, oh, God. Radiant is awesome, though. It's, it's it perfectly really amazing. It's and I'm and I I hate to I don't want to I don't mean to say this in a negative way but I'm just saying that if I never played games and then I played Radiator I wouldn't like it but because of the <laughs> no I'm just saying that because you have to because it's such a, a different thing you're used to playing games where you're just shooting mindlessly and then you have this total 180 where you're playing a a, a mod that's that's not focused on the norm it's focused on doing you know your own thing and in this case well, accidentally conveying a story and commiserating with the characters, I suppose. But it's just, it's nice to have that change of pace. And it's its kind of like taking a break, really. So thank you so much for making it. Um, do you, do, would you would you actually get into the game industry if you had the opportunity, or would you follow in, in English? Um, I think I'd get, I'm not sure, okay. I think I might burn out or something. I don't know. Um, I'm interested in it. I think I think I probably will end up getting into it, but you know I wanted a non-game industry related degree to fall back on. Yeah, well, that's so that's idea. what they do in the NFL. They 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 play football, but they're actually doctors and lawyers. Just <laughs> of course. So, um, I I guess that's it, isn't it, William? Yeah, I, I think we can move on to the last part of our show, and that's the uh, Planet Philip poll question. We'll skip topic of the week because we're really losing on time here. Um. Yeah. So, Phil, how about you take us away into a question? Sorry for ignoring you, Phil. No, you weren't <laughs> ignoring me at all. No problem. It was okay. interesting to listen to, and I'm, I apologize to Robert for not being able to contribute to the interview or the conversation. Just, just to stay your lovely self. It's fine. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> you just radiate sunshine all over us. Oh, now we have to use oh, radiate as an adjective for everything. Radiate? Yeah. I love radiate. It's a good word. I think Philip's... That's actually, actually, William, that was a verb, wasn't it? So apparently, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm an idiot. 
<laughs> All right, here we go. Idea. Poll question 134. Do you kill when you don't need to? William, are you going to? No, ignore that. Here's an example. You quick save and clear an area and then you unexpectedly die. You reload, go through that area. Going through the area, do you kill the enemies you've just killed or do you carry straight on? I mean, the idea here is that um, if you don't need to kill them, do you still kill them? And Kasperg made uh, a clarification of a point that I alluded to, which is that when you kill an enemy, you get a reward. And that reward is the visual or the audible, you know, hearing them scream or the body parts fly apart. Um, that is a reward. I mean, if you just shot them and they just disappeared, it would be boring, wouldn't it? Yeah. I mean, half of the fun is shooting somebody and watching them fly over the balcony or the screams or whatever. But really, I mean, when you don't need to, do you still kill them? That's the question. There's and a... if you do, what does that say about your personality? <laughs> Nick and I were talking about this earlier, and I think your second example on Planet Philip is much different than the first example. In the mm -hmm. second example, you're talking about, you know, you have full health and ammo, um, and you have nothing gained from exploring but you have to fight these hunters or you, you need to fight these hunters. Do you continue forward until you reach the objective or do you go into the forest and kill all the, the minions, like the, the zombies and stuff? And there's something in, intrinsic, intrinsically different than between the two examples, and that is the art of exploration, I think. And there's a lot of gamers, and this sort of gave me some self-contemplation in that there's a lot of gamers that set their own goals for, for video games. And for me, we were just talking about Radiator. For me, it was to beat the game without breaking any boxes. In no way was that a goal that Robert created, but it was a goal that I created on myself. Mm -hmm. And to me, for every game and for every mod that I play, I set my own mini goals. And and an overla overlaying goal for me is to kill everything. Nothing is left standing just because I'm a completionist. And being a completionist, I don't, I don't think there's really the connection between killing things and being a completionist. I just want to experience every little part of the game. And if that means killing everything, well then so be it. But to me I'm a completionist, so yes, I will kill every single thing in a game. But I don't think I'm I'm psycho for that. Can, can I just <laughs> say not not only do I kill everyone, but I also kill NPCs that aren't necessary. Like if I could <laughs> Hello? He's gone. <laughs> Oh, okay. oh wait! Did Somebody you not kill me again? <laughs> yeah. God. I spoke for like ten minutes. Anyways, um, so not only I just want to say, not only do I kill everything and everyone, I kill every barrel. I get rid of every NPC I find, including the resistance. If they are un, if they are not worthy enough to the cause, I will shoot them in the head. I will, I will give them their honor. And if I could, I'd kill Alex, but apparently the game ends when you do that, so I can't. Robert, what about you? I kill I kill pigeons and seagulls. I kill everything. Yeah. Really? I think we're sick and twisted. I don't think this is the norm. But that's what I'm saying. I don't think it has a thing about being sick and twisted. To me, it's more of a completionist thing. I'm I'm almost um um <laughs> OCD like that. Um 
almost like my desk is always clean. I'm washing my hands like every ten minutes. That's that's my personality. And when I'm playing, that's a what game, the Nazis said. <laughs> I want to complete everything. I want to get the full gist of it. I don't want to miss anything. And to me, that's if that involves killing everything, then so be it. All right. Okay. So listen, monk. Does that mean that you also kill the pigeons as well? Oh yeah, I'll kill pill. If there's something flying, I'll try shooting it for sure. Yeah, I, I, I mean, sometimes I'll shoot a pigeon because I just think it's quite an interesting, you know, challenge. You know, you've got a pistol and it's far away. But I mean, the, the idea was when I thought of this question is when I thought of the question, it was because I, I did exactly as my example. I reloaded and I thought, oh, man, I, I can't be bothered to kill these enemies. I know where they are. I know how they're going to attack me. This zombie is going to come running out of this corner. But I just want to get to the next level. So I, I jumped. What about when you reload? Do you kill those oh, as well? That's good. See, that's what I mean about the two separate examples being completely different. Perfect yeah, example. Okay. Perfect example would be um, the recent map that we played. Uh, what map was it? Hold on a sec. I think it was, yeah, level zero rebuild. I uh-huh. got stuck outside the map. And, uh, okay. and then I, I ended up, because I got stuck outside the map, the, the physics got all wonky and the airboat killed me. And there was no quick saving, or there was no auto saving in the map. And I didn't want to play okay. through the whole thing, so I just no clipped it to the place that I was at. So I All guess right. I don't kill everything if I've already played through it. Okay. Yeah, just, I, I think about it like this. I I like to be, like we said earlier, I like to be immersed in a game, right? And that means doing in a game what I would do in real life. And if I was in my backyard with a Glock 45 and I saw a Pigeon, what do you think I'm going to do? I don't think I would do that though. <laughs> oh, I would shoot a pigeon. Oh, I'm, I would. I, I would just care. Not only would I kill it, I'd feed it to my cats. It'd, it'd be great. I love telling things. You know this. You need to be careful, Emmanuel, because you're going to get a knock on a door from the FBI or something. Because <laughs> are you kidding? To, you know, to I'm doing right. stuff like this. But seriously, I mean, in in many ways, you're a really bad example because all those weirdos out there that that blame, you know, the school shootings on video games, they're just going to need to point to you and say this is the perfect example. No, no, but in America, they've harnessed this power. You know the FBI wanted list? I'm on the FBI loved list. If terrorists ever came back to this country, they would unleash me. They would just give me an arsenal of weapons. You'd shoot the American soldiers who weren't up to standard, wouldn't you? If you want want to make an (laughs) army, this is... Listen, the Americans made friendly fire. We know this. This is this is just a risk of war. Even if it's on our own soil. This is awful. I don't play actually this is a good this is a good topic. Well, before we got into the whole shooting Americans. Um this is a good topic in that I don't play Half Life like I play other games. If I'm playing Fallout Three, um, as a as a good example, I tried playing Fallout Three as myself. For example, I tried doing everything and answering all the questions as I would answer them in real life. Uh-huh. And it actually made to be a pretty boring game because I'm a pretty boring First. individual. <laughs> but in Half-Life, I don't think I would be able to shoot a pigeon if it flew over me just because I had a gun in my hand. I wouldn't do that in real life. But because I feel as if I'm a completionist with the Half-Life series, I feel as if I have to do that. And I don't know what it is about me, but when I'm playing a mod for Half-Life or a map for Half-Life, I just need to do everything. And if that involves shooting a pigeon, so be it. Uh, let, let me just let me just answer seriously because I, I actually do have a point to bring up. I I honestly don't shoot when I don't need to because I actually am a fan of Splinter Cell and Metal Gear Solid. Being covert and stuff. Yeah. So honestly, to be 
uh, not being an ass, I actually don't really. But uh, a good example of this is in Counter Strike, my you know one of the games I started playing on PC. Um, you know, you have your objectives. If you're a counter terrorist, one of them is obviously rescuing hostages. If you're running past a terrorist who's looking the other way, do you risk killing? Do you risk the hostages at the stake of getting a kill? And honestly, I I can remember two or three times just in the past year where I've run past someone in multiplayer, not killing them just so I can complete the objective. So no, I don't kill one enemies. I would love somebody to make a uh, a mini mod where. It's on the surface. It's just a normal mod where you just go out and you kill everything. But there's also the like the sub idea that you can go through the whole mod without shooting, and still complete it, and you get a special ending. I mean, has that been done? Probably, but in there's... Half-Life would be easy. You could just use the grab gun and kill everyone with refrigerators. No, but I mean, no, you don't <laughs> kill anybody. Yeah. Not that you don't just shoot. You don't kill anybody. You block a doorway. You break a bridge so that they can't get to you. You know. Or you could go through the whole mod and you could shoot as you normally do. Or you could say, okay, I'm going to be, you know, what is it, a conscientious objector and I'm going to play the whole mod in a different way and you get a different ending. That I would think, be kind of cool. I think mods like uh, Radiator, Mr. Wang, and uh, I just love saying Mr. Wang, I'm sorry. And uh, um, Yang, sorry. God, it must be so offensive, is it? You're offending me so much. Okay, good. I'm never coming um, back. <laughs> I think I think mods like Radiator and Research and Development are gonna make developers sit back and realize, huh, maybe maybe people have more than six brain cells and they'd like to do more than just shoot people in the back of the head. <laughs> and you, I think we're gonna see like we saw in E3 in 2003 with Half-Life 2, where they're gonna make it so that you're not only killing the people, but like that scene where you put the uh, dryer in front of the door and the combine keep on banging on the door trying to get in. I think you're going to see utilizing environments and things like that more, in, in especially first-person shooters, which I'm looking forward to, which is a good thing. So, mm-hmm. With that I, said, I think, I think that's it. I just want to make it quite clear that I do not enjoy killing things. No, no, you do. It's, you said it. You said it. I feel sorry for Toronto. They gotta. They don't know what's gonna hit them tomorrow. <laughs> Although well, I guess we can announce what what the votes are like on Planet Philip. Sixty two percent right now are saying yes. They do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's bizarre. I, I usually had the type of people who go to Planet Philip to be much more docile and loving, almost sleepy. Monsters, all of them. Yeah, they are. <laughs> Sick people. We're learning a lot about your readership, Philip. Mm. We are. Learning a lot about you, Philip. I don't think so. What are you learning about me? That you shoot <laughs> pigeons for fun in Spain. Native birds. <laughs> well, it's it's no secret that the Spanish are not exactly peta enthusiasts. They, uh, if I understand correctly, push helpless donkeys off of three-story cement buildings. So, yeah, the particular area I'm in. Um, they don't consider themselves to be Spanish, but they have this festival once a year in a port not far from us. And what they do is they take this uh, duck and they string him up across two parts of the port and somebody's in the water and they have to grab the duck and they pull up the string and you have to hold on as long as possible until the duck's neck, the, the, the duck's neck breaks. 
horrible. Why the hell yeah. are you guys having a van? They used to use live ducks, but now I think that they've changed it to dead ducks, thank goodness. That's horrible, isn't it, eh? <laughs> so you shooting know. the pigeon is, you know, like, nice. I'm surprised you guys haven't had PETA there. Yeah. Well, anyway. that's nothing compared to what, what they used to do in, in medieval times where they oh, would tie... Uh, the four your arms and legs to a horse, and then have I mean four horses, and have the four horses run away at the same time. As that that was a form of killing people back then. So that's well, that's nothing compared to that. The British in Africa have done many worse things when they were there. So perhaps we should move on. <laughs> I had a question for you earlier that you reminded me in chat, and I All forgot right. to mention it. And I thought that the general restriction of planet philip was that there has to be shooting in a map in order for you to post it and physics dry dock there is no shooting uh you're correct but you're correct about the second part but you're incorrect about the first part the criteria for planet philip is that there must be at least one weapon and one enemy and also that it's set within the half-life universe however occasionally because it's my damn website and i can do whatever <laughs> i want i post there I'm just getting like on your case. Cyber, cyberscape and uh, a few others that aren't really set in the Half-Life universe, but are science fiction. But I mean, basically, you can um, you can kill a head crab within uh, physics dry dock. So that's why I posted it. Mm -hmm. and, and there was the gunship too. Yeah, yeah the gunship too. So technically, the criteria is met. I'm just getting but, on your case. No, that's fine. I mean, <laughs> I have this discussion stroke argument with, with many people who say. Why don't you, you know, you know, do quality control? But I don't want my site to be a filter. I want the the reviews and the comments to be the filter. I don't want somebody to go along and see a, a map a, a map somewhere and say, oh, okay. I wonder if it's any good. I'll go to Planet Philip. Oh, it's not on there. Oh, that must mean it can't be any good then. But maybe I haven't seen it. So if I add everything that fits my criteria, then if it's not on Planet Philip, it's because I haven't seen it. And then if it's crap. Then I'll review it, and other people will re review it. So mm -hmm. that's that's really what's happening there. Okay. Mm -hmm. So I was just I was just joking. No, it's fine. And I'll probably start posting more stuff on the the you know like the Philips blog category. So you know if I do play something that's outside of it, like I don't know Mad World for example, and I enjoyed it, then I would post it there. I've decided I'm going to do that. Now, Mad World. Mad World was the one with, uh, at the very beginning, you had, like, the Bible verses. And you yeah. Had, like, I use that as an example. I mean, it's terrible, yeah. and I would never post it, and, you know, I hope that they don't make anything like it again. But I use that as an example. It's outside the Half-Life universe, but if I'd enjoyed it, I would have posted it there. Okay. All right. Fair enough. And I think that's the end of the show. Yeah, we, uh, what was supposed to be a short show turned into an exceedingly long one. Yeah. Well, it was an hour and 23 minutes. No, it's like two hours. Two and a half, two hours and 23 minutes. Yep. Oh, right, because we started at, oh, shit. Yeah, it's been a long. Time flies. But that's uh, because William, uh, Emmanuel and I often have opposing views, and we can just talk about stuff for hours. We It took 30 minutes to get to the first bit, so. Mm. <laughs> anyway, listeners, stay tuned. I think Stratafarius is um, hooking up an after-show play session for Obsidian Conflict. I cannot play because I have to pack up all my electronics because next week you will I will be broadcasting from Toronto. Woo! Wow. Uh, I'll be moved but out. With all the dead pigeons on the street. 
You'd be like, like a gunslinger walking down. You're walking down the street and you'll have like two guns on your hips and there'll be a pigeon gun. I, I, I can imagine now just a, a close-up of William's face covered by a hat and he lifts up the hat slightly and he, and he starts twirling his guns and you hear, do 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 And it's just dead pigeons strewn around. And you know what? I think that would be a good mod. So... <laughs> And, and like, I bet modular combat, combat a, has a module. For module for that, yes. <laughs> well, I, that let's let's end it now before we go on about pigeon rape and disgusting yep. things like that. So, thank you, Philip. Thank you, Robert, for coming. You're on. welcome. Can we expect you again, Philip? Uh, yes, of course. Good. And Robert, you're coming on for one three. <laughs> okay, sure. <laughs> Thanks so much again, man. We, thank we you. really enjoyed the mod. It's been a pleasure to have you on. In with that, thank you for tuning in. Tune in next week, 10 a.m. EDT, every Sunday. Bonjour. Farewell. Bonjour.